Welcome, everyone, to the Crit Raid Podcast, episode number 34, February 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo. Today, I'm joined by Justin Chow. He's here. And I'm joined by Alex Shock. Hola. Hello, Crit Raiders. Thank you for <laughs> joining us this week. I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a crit raider. <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay with crits. it. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, listeners, uh, I just want you to know that we are... Uh, aggressive. <laughs> should we share the news of what's happening next month? What news? You know what news. I know the news. Yeah, it's, a, it's official now. I mean, yeah. we are locked in. We, got we have the, our position. Got the money's down. All right, everyone. Here's the news. So we have been in uh, hardcore development mode for quite some time, and that is because all of our hard work is about to pay off at our official, what do we call it, launch event, Mm -hmm. launch situation. We're officially launching everything crit rate at PAX East this year. That is March 23rd. To the 26th or something. It's like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. (laughs) We are going to be at PAX, the whole team. Alex, Justin, myself. I think Liz is going to have a special guest appearance. She's obviously not here this week. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Because she's like super pregnant. Like, (laughs) I don't really know how else we put it. Um, I know about that. She will likely be with child. I really hope she's with child by the time we uh, PAX comes around. So she might make a special guest appearance there. But we are going to be at PAX. We're going to be doing an official launch event within the PAX atmosphere. The whole team's going to be there. We're going to be doing giveaways. We will have a booth if that wasn't. We will, we will have a booth. Yes, that is correct. We will have a booth. We will have a presence. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to we be. We have an entire little mini event that goes on during the entire the entire PAX show. We got lots of swag to give away, lots of people to meet. It's yes. going to be really fun. You'll hear a much more official announcement of this in the time uh, to come, you know, through news and such. But we just want to let you know that that is happening. We are established. We're ready to roll. It's very exciting. It's happening. Yeah. Less than I two know. months. We're if right you there. meet us, if you go to the event and tell us you listen to the podcast, you will get something. You will get something. You will give you something. One hundred percent. I mean, it's packs. We. I have to imagine we're going to be seeing familiar faces. We're going to be selling some stuff. But if you tell us you listen to the podcast, I will give you that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. And this, and see now this is where you find the true believers because well this is a month ahead of time yeah. so it's like you know they're gonna have to they'll have to hold on to this information and be like I remembered yeah. I remember Justin tell everybody. Tell I don't everybody care if we don't make a dime. No, That's no. It's gonna, it's <laughs> no, gonna be great. It's gonna be cool. We're really excited to show off the new version of a lot of things. I don't want to say anything in particular, yeah. but there's a lot more that's coming. A lot, uh, a lot more that we'll be able to do, and a lot more to see. But that is coming imminently. So prepare for that. Pretty excited. And PAX is just a good time. Yeah. Come for us, but come for the event too. I mean, yeah. literally. So, I mean, long, long time listeners know that PAX East has been sort of our our home event for TZR before it was Crit Raid. We've been going since 2011. 14. 14? No, two, well, I'm not. No, my first PAX I've been going was since 2014. Like, yeah, that was with yeah. Jamal and you with the t shirts. Oh, PAX yeah. East. yeah. That was the first one we did t shirts. That was, that, was, that was, yeah, those t shirts. We've been going since, 14. since before that, right? 
Mm, uh, I don't think so. I Did mean, I ever go without you? I feel so, like I must have. Teasy, so, all right. Our first, uh, my first E3 was 2013. My first remember, E3 was 2009. I know. You might, you've probably been going, but together I'm saying like E3 was my first ever video convention, video mm, game convention. Okay. And then after that was the time that we were like, hey, dude, you actually like want to do this? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's, fucking, let's do this. And then it was like a year later, 2014, when we went to PAX East, bought those tickets, sat, went to some like motel somewhere or something yes. like that, and then uh, had a team of like seven people, six people. It was pretty real. Pass that t-shirts. Was that a red roof that we were at? I think that. Oh, that sounds oh my familiar. gosh. Yeah, you yeah. might be right. I hope not. But I think um, it was. Was that with our friend Ben? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I saw pictures on my phone from that. Like we were sleeping in the same beds on the floor. You know, it was like yeah, I, I have the video of that. Yeah, that was wow. Show yeah. me those pictures because I don't remember. You don't yeah. remember the video? Like the video of I remember the video, but I don't know the pictures that you're talking about. Yeah, it's a couple pictures. I think Jamal fell asleep and you were like messing with him. Yeah, uh, and I I just it was hilarious. It was a great time. That was the beginning of the blue shirts. We were all wearing the blue TZR shirts, and then after that, it slowly evolved every year. Till what two thousand and had to have been like eighteen, I think, or so. Yeah, those teal shirts with all the ink all over yeah, them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was, man, that was interesting, and it was so great, like rolling up into the press room with like a team of like nine people. Well, see, it's crazy because like, and this is why us exhibiting at this PAX is such a big deal because we've been going for so long in like a media capacity as kind of like attendees mm-hmm. or or as media, obviously. Um, and this will be the first time that since we've created the brand that we've had like a legit, like fully dedicated booth for uh, for the brand. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah, we, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say we we should make a big deal of that. Like, yeah, this is the first time we've had like we've done little like side things, but this is the first time we've had a booth. Yeah. Like, this is like a big deal. It's our coming out party. It's huge. It's the whole reason why we're going. The whole reason yeah. why we're going is this booth, and we're gonna work and our to asses see off all you people and to meet a whole bunch of new people and just have an awesome time and show off the tech and strap people up with a lot of swag. It's going to be awesome. And it's funny because like, like I've been thinking about it like a bit and I feel like, no, I don't feel like I know when we were doing the TZR stuff at the show, like we were there as press, but I had always thought like eventually we would become some presence on the show floor eventually, you know, where people would come by and then we'd have some like, event or something to show and now we've created something to show yeah I think, um i think it's the only badge i don't have outside of like the exhibitor badge the exhibitor badge yeah outside of like security so maybe i'll do that next year there you go <laughs> you want to yeah. be an enforcer yeah i don't We're know slowly they, leveling up <laughs> yeah i think you just get a t-shirt i don't even know if you get like a maybe oh, enforcers yeah. actually don't get that much uh like no they're volunteers yeah. Yeah. they don't even get time to like walk around really i don't think. i think they get like one day's worth of walking around yeah and, like, right, that's so, so, so attendee media and exhibitor those are the three big guys that's where you want to yeah. be yeah. that's and where you apparently be. media is like the creme de la creme because you get access to like everything well i guess we'll find out because like this this is the full-on exhibitor situation you know and i guess the best part too uh, this year particularly is that after the past three years of being locked down and doing all that crazy stuff um this is gonna be like the full-on full pax east again since the last time we were like there like in person which was 2020 right that's right right before things closed down that's a good point yeah it's going to be a huge deal, man. And that it's funny because that was the last event that we went to yeah. as well. Yeah. So this is going to be huge. I can only imagine everybody who used to go to PAX all the time is now like, okay, well, this is the, di- this is the year I want to go back to PAX. That's right. So we'll There's certainly, yeah, we will certainly share more as we get closer to the event as far as what we plan to be there. But it seemed like 
we've been planning this for quite some time and now that we officially know that our position at in the show floor is locked in 100% like we are 100% going to be there yep felt good to get that off our chest yeah I'm really excited and we got the place like the spot a better spot than what we wanted before Alex did we show you the spot yet no I didn't see the spot I'll show you the spot we have a corner we have I'll show you if I can describe where it is uh, you know the escalators that lead up towards like the um, the press so the um, the big main like floor uh, uh, intersection that divides like the big guys from the indie side Mm -hmm. right going towards the cafeteria escalators yeah like we're right there towards the corner facing inward towards the indie booths and we have a 10 by 20 where we have uh open sides on the right in front of us and on the left nice so we have an entire spot oh that's awesome yeah it's gonna be great yeah great it really is gonna be special the megaphone is definitely gonna be useful until we get yelled at which i feel like might happen well, we're kind of like in our own world over there so we we will I, we'll see we'll what the see. people behind us think yeah, <laughs> yeah. i like that we're not like so sometimes if you're just in the heat of it like in the center center mm-hmm. that's like working against you almost there's just yeah. so much yeah. stuff going on this is going to be a bit of a respite and it's like on the way to one of the like primary like entrances or exits so i feel like we'll get it's going to be it's going to be nice we're yeah. going to be in a good spot and honestly there's going to be so much stuff that we have to do and give away and sell and engage with that i feel like it's going to be a a pretty hot destination for people yeah and especially for you listeners because if you remember to tell us that you listen to this podcast like alex said he's going to give you what's ever in his wallet he's just gonna like you got it you get it all (laughs) (laughs) want some insurance cards Uh, there you go maybe like a a sandwich shop gift card or something oh yeah i do have a yep i got that the punch card (laughs) I don't know why that's what I, I got was thinking. PBA like, card, an old one. Whoa. Yeah. There was one time that I was carrying like four PBA cards with me and what none the, of them what's were. A PBA? A public library? No. No. What uh, is a PBA card? A police benevolence association. Oh, oh it's, I have one of those. It's almost like a get out of jail free card. Yeah. It didn't work for me though. Yeah. I've had them work for me for quite some time and then they stopped working because they got old and I didn't get new ones. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, my mother, my friend has, he's a detective, so he, he gives me some. I've never used them though. I don't get pulled over that much. That's just, good. Keep just, it that way. <laughs> yeah. I'll just throw my name in there next time. Just be like, hey, man. I mean, I don't know. You know, my friend Justin's I, terrible at driving. <laughs> I never really ask for it. it. Yeah, that's one of those weird things to ask, ask for. It. So he's been nice enough to like when I see him, he'll, you know, he'll give me one. But well, it's like if you ask for one, then you're admitting that you need it. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, it's also it's like it's clearly a favor. You know, you give yeah. those yeah. to people you trust. It's oh, usually yeah. family members, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's a cool thing. Anyway. I feel cool with it. Yeah, I want to feel cool. So, I mean... Like, Don't worry. I got to play guys, games with Muller Muller. You, you guys are pretty cool. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll make you one. You can have my... Old ones? <laughs> I'll, I'll make one that's definitely legit. My uncle, Detective Muller. handed out counterfeit PBA cards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, it is a new week in the games industry. Some new games came out. Mm. Some uh, game news some game news came out uh which we will discuss shortly but for now let's see what everyone's been playing justin oh what if well what's going on with you this week uh so two things i've been playing um both are not new i did download death uh which well not death uh, dead dead space and i'm excited to try that and jump into that um but uh, i got a new friend into elden ring or alex and i got a new friend into elden ring just starting out and it's been fun to like go through again from the start, even though 
we're not starting over. <laughs> we're just like equipping ourselves with like old stuff. The game is really good. It's really fun and it's fun to watch people who haven't played the game like explore and like do things and figure things out. And then secondly, Stardew Valley got a huge update. Oh my god! So wow. I've been playing that with my sister and Arthur. Yeah, I know. Are you playing it on Switch or PC? Yeah, or? It's on the Switch. It's uh, on the Switch. I feel like I tried to play it on the Switch, but I feel like the controls are kind of yeah. Whack. The PC is definitely where it's at because you have the WASD plus the mouse, and the yeah. mouse is like. Like on the switch, you're using the right joystick to like move the mouse That's around. That's what and it's it is. The worst part. And it's the worst. Is part. that you move with it as well? No, 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 no. You move the left joystick and you move normally, right? S- something about 2D games where you move with the analog stick bothers me. I don't know what it is. Um. Well, so moving like moving around isn't a problem. It's really selecting menu items because you have to use the little pointer and it's like... Oh, that's oh, right. That's so, right. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to know your style. quests, uh, you have to scroll up with the right joystick and hit this tiny icon no. on their, on your screen. Dude, yeah. That was Destiny, man. Destiny ruined it for everybody. Yo, exa- dude, any console controller using a mouse like <laughs> navigation yeah. is a losing game you know what it feels like to me it feels like the developer is just being mad lazy <laughs> they're, yeah, like, they're like, they're like not... we designed this for pc but like whatever yeah <laughs> like just good enough yeah make the d-pad work or something just flick through the eye oh, destiny's even terrible too because it's like you you cursor around and then you have to hold and you see the little thing fill up to select oh god i hate I, it I, plus yeah. they made it slower so you can like select things like more accurately but the slowness it's like you're moving from the left bottom of the screen to the top right of the screen it's like yeah, it kills slow it has some acceleration yeah like, there's no accel- yeah. yeah yeah the worst anyway so that's cool those are two interesting titles to yeah. be all right going okay. into. let's move on <laughs> um I didn't play as many new things as those, so I didn't make any progress in Fire Emblem okay I thought I was gonna do that um i know dead space came out but i didn't like it there's already too much to play so that's that i i kind of always knew that that one was going to be like a i'm gonna play it but probably not right away yeah so i've put my time into elden ring which is like chow said that's it's always a good game it's so good um and and we found places that i haven't even found in the first yeah mm. chow was bad on the first one i was really bad <laughs> it's like whole areas really, you can really go bad. to um so there's been that i actually played through with some old friends played left for dead 2 did a couple mm. campaigns oh. like got four people in there interesting i always that feel like left fun. for dead always comes back eventually with players that you like friends like older friends it's like so it's a nostalgic man. game it's, it is it's still solid too yeah. like it, it holds up it's just a fun game um but i mean my main bigger or newer game has been hi-fi rush yeah and uh oh, yeah i haven't put like a ton of time into it but i'm also i will say I think of myself as pretty good at games, like mm. in general. But um, and I'm playing this on hard mode. But rhythm games just aren't—they're just not my forte. Yeah. So I'm really, really enjoying it. But I, I'm not playing at like optimally. I know I'm not playing optimally, which is a little frustrating. But the game is so much fun, and it's so interesting and unique. And um, yeah, it's sort of kind of like a special game. Like they—they they did a really good job inserting humor and personality mm-hmm. and. It's a beautiful looking game. The facial expressions and the hue, like it's it's a really well rounded game that yeah. I've uh, I've really appreciated. I heard uh, an interesting opinion about this. Um, this is on the Sacred Symbols podcast. Um, they were somebody comparing that to uh, uh, Forspoken, and they were like, you know, the the dialogue in Hi Fi Rush is also cheesy, and the biggest thing that people were like kind of beating uh forespoken up for is that the dialogue is just terrible like it's really bad um 
but they were like, but why is it acceptable in Hi-Fi Rush and not in Forspoken? And it's like, because in Forspoken, or the, the, the concept here is, in Forspoken, you're playing a real, actual human girl from New York City in a real, actual, reality-feeling type thing, and she's really saying these terrible, stupid <laughs> words. Whereas in Hi-Fi Rush, it's like, it is clearly a cartoon yeah. character fighting and, robots with a guitar. And <laughs> so I, it's like, right. you can kind of... So it makes the cheesiness more charming yeah. because it's more contextually appropriate. Whereas if you have like a someone that's trying to sell themselves as an actual person, it's it feels so much less genuine and so much more cringe. It's like the Uncanny Valley situation. It's like things that are more yeah. cartoony or less humanistic tend to be cuter, right? And yeah. then things that are too humanistic but don't really make it to that level of like threshold. Yeah. It's like I, I do think I think you're completely right. I, I, I don't even think I'm right. This was the opinion that was said, and I'm not even sure I totally believe it because I haven't played Forspoken with any sort of seriousness, but I can see where they're going yeah. with I, it, you know? I would I would almost say that that's giving too much credit oh, to oh, High Five. Too much credit, no, too much credit to uh, Forspoken or not mm. enough credit to uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Because that's a good point. Because Hi-Fi Rush... It's not just like they're throwing cheesy dialogue at you and it's you're like, oh, hokey. No, it's, it's, like, like, it's legitimately funny. There's like times. some clever, like really Writing. funny lines and moments mm-hmm. in there. It, it's like... You know well, what I found? It's all timing with High yes, Fire Rush. That's what it, I mean. It's delivered very smoothly, you so know? I want it. It's like credit where credit's due. Like they did a really good job. Like the comedic timing is on point. Mm-hmm. They really... Like the, how far did you get? Be the second boss? Did you meet the tendril head guy? Yeah. Did you meet? Did I you get past him. that a little I, bit? I think I just beat that. Maybe a little bit further. Did you meet a robot? Yes. Yeah. There's a robot that doesn't have any facial. Yeah, features. he draws his faces on. There's a robot that draws all of his facial expressions on his face and then wipes <laughs> it off. And draws like he's super like, deadpan and tells you everything <laughs> way too seriously. Like he <laughs> he literally just delivers facts to you and it's brutal at times. But but yeah. it, it like it works like. <laughs> It for me, it's not every Marvel movie, but this is the difference between Marvel and DC. Like Marvel, what makes them great? A lot of those movies have that delivery. They ha- they've built these characters up. They deliver them well. The timing's good. It fits in context for the most part. Yeah. But then you watch like Justice League, and they try to deliver these lines, but it's just like cringy. Yeah. It doesn't land well. Maybe once in a while they'll get a winner in there, but yeah. more more often than not, and that that's how I see Forspoken. And again, I haven't played it either, but. I, I know that's the main complaint, yeah. so I'm, I don't want to take anything away from the what Hi Fire Rush did because they're just. I also yeah. feel like it's difficult too when it's a different country trying to appeal to another country's like standards of well, humor. Well, that that's exactly because, what like, it is. And you look at all Final Fantasy games coming out of Square Enix. Oh, you're saying, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's well, just the, like timing. You said timing, and I'm like, it's a hard thing to translate sometimes. Well, I, a lot of people are saying that, like, and this was corroborated to a certain extent in statements from Square Enix, but a lot of people are feeling like Forspoken is sort of the nail in the coffin for any sort of like Western Western leaning games yeah. from Square sure. Enix. Like they basically said that they're going to embrace their Japanese-ness and yeah. basically just try to deliver Japanese games for Japanese people. And that's like, what that's what has created their global appeal. Whereas like when they try to make something Western, it totally fails. Like you know? sushi's not I mean, this is I hopefully it's not <laughs> no, I was about to say sushi's not hamburgers, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't make sushi into a hamburger really. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah, it, but, they've been trying to make cheeseburger rolls. Yeah. And right. Nobody wants that. <laughs> and it, it, I mean it works the opposite too, you know, like there's 
thousands of games that just crush it in Japan yeah. that have that we just there's nothing here See, for. Uh, here's, yeah. a, here's a weird here's a weird take. Imagine if you had an American studio trying to make a Japanese themed uh, or aesthetic kind of like game, but appeal to Americans. Would that work? They, so this just happened. Maybe uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I think was the example. Hmm. Oh wait, hmm. no. You, I actually, I hate to draw the comparison to Sacred Symbols again, but they just talked about this in the context of anime, yeah. and they were saying that like, so uh, the person who was speaking there, the to their knowledge, the Castlevania anime is the first Western developed anime for like the world basically it's like anime is like a clearly a japanese style it's like that whole art style was developed in japan but like and americans have just never been good enough to draw it at the same level Mm. but castlevania is like the one that kind of like broke through oh do we not include avatar the last airbender though that is not popular in japan no, it's no, definitely no, not saying, anime. I'm saying American would, you, would you call that anime? I don't know if I'd call that anime. It's not, but it's inspired. Some people call, yeah, some people call it's it. It's a anime. cartoon. Okay, okay. Well, well, anyway, what I'm saying is... Is Samurai Jack Amer- anime? No. No. That's American there animation. Is. Right. There it is. This is so... Like, how do you define... Yeah, but you're right. It's like American... St- uh, like, Americans using, like, Japanese aesthetics and, like... I, I don't know what you would call it. Like, yeah, aesthetics, I suppose, or processes. Yeah. And then trying to appeal back to Americans. You know is what I mean? This, so, like, they're, is this, like, Jade Empire? It's not Japanese in no. particular, but it's like that that was a Western developer making an age. It's Ghost it's of Tsushima. Chinese. We're talking about Ghost of Tsushima yeah, right yeah. now. Because <laughs> I, I thought I remember we were talking yeah. to like someone, maybe Square, some like some Japanese developer made a comment that they were like really impressed that yeah. they could make Ghost of Tsushima. Or no, somebody said that they were mad. They're like, this yes. should have been made by a Japanese yes. studio because like it was uh, done so well that they're almost like, yes. it's a disgrace to our people that we didn't, right. that it, we weren't the ones to pay this kind of respect, it, you know? It's like, imagine if you had a, an American chef making better sushi than sushi chefs in Japan or something like that. Not better, but like... No, I but guess, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, yeah it's... I, I can understand where that it, scorned it, feeling would yeah, come but from. I think both directions, it's a difficult barrier to cross. Like, Certainly. You look. We were just talking about this the other week. Like the top games here are not the top games there. Yeah. So it's it's a hard thing to cross over. And every so often you'll get like a Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Or something that comes from Japan. Like you know, Monster Hunter has a foothold here. And yeah. But to to spin it back into the topic, so Square ha- I think had been trying to make Western style yeah. games for Western audiences yeah. and basically failing repeatedly. That's uh, where this, I think it would fail. This is why they cut off Crystal Dynamics and they were like, no, like like. We don't make these games. They're like, we make Japanese games. We're making uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and whatever Tokyo RPG Factory is making and all that stuff. They should focus on what they're good at. I mean, like any company. Yeah. Not for real. Who made uh, Scalebound? Platinum Games. Okay. Yeah. Which I think they're saying is coming back. Really? I think there was some whisper about that. I don't think it's nothing special. Is Team Ninja a... Uh, American company or no. American studio? I don't think so. No, I'm Team Ninja. No, because they were owned by Koei Tecmo. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're playing Hi-Fi Rush. So I'm playing Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> really enjoying it. I know it's a short game, so I'm sure I'm sort of, you know. Well, it's like Mega Man style, so it's like you know there's eight master robots. Yeah. So How I've many only done robots. Did you kill? So I know. So I've only done two. So yeah. you know, there's still a good chunk, and they just keep introducing things and. Parrying is a big part of the game that I'm like yeah. not. I'm not a big parrier in games. 
but I know really. I thought you place. totally. I thought that was like your whole bag. No, that's Chow. I do it sometimes. Sekiro and all that. That's. I mean, I mean you're well, forced that, to do that, it. Yeah, that. you're forced to mm. learn those rhythms. But you're not forced to do it in Bloodborne or, or Souls. Ring. Yeah, mm. or even Elden Ring. Elden Ring. They actually they also reward you for blocking and parrying that way, like par- guard. I mean, whatever, it's it's like canceling. it's in there, but like the timing parry, like hit it at the right time. Mm. I. Unless the unless it's a specific mechanic in the game, mm. I generally uh, I don't. That's not really part of my arsenal. Do you think there's going to be parrying in the new Armored Core game? <laughs> Do you Ooh. think robots parry? <laughs> I feel like Maybe. it's hard. Actually, that's a great question. I will say <laughs> I feel like it would be hard for From Software. I mean, given I'm not I've never played any of the Armor. Well, I haven't played any of the Armored Core games uh, recently in the past fifteen plus years or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But like I've definitely touched it before. But I can't remember what that mechanics was like, but I can't imagine you coming out with five, six other games that require some level of pairing and some level of like you know risk reward situation like that, and not learn from that or try to. Uh, I, I'm sure it'll have somehow. something. There's going to be like a repulsor shield that's yeah. basically a parry. <laughs> yeah, like you can reflect things about. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have something, but it, it is a different. It's similar in some ways, and then it's a really different game in others. Yeah. So yeah. I I did get to the parry in Hi-Fi Rush, though. Uh, so I think we're probably at a very similar part. I think so, too. That I was maybe, like, a little past that, but... Wow, which is funny. So I've... Hmm. So <clears throat> I've played a lot of games <laughs> in the last week. Like, a lot. Like, significantly more than I have in the last while. So... That was as far as I got into Hi-Fi Rush, but I haven't played that game in a week. Right, like, it's, it's been a long time since yeah, I played that. That literally came out last week. Yeah, so I, I played it for like two days, and then like that's how far I got in those two days, and then basically a hard, hard left-hand turn. So I'll, I'll touch on uh, Fire Emblem for a second. I just finished Chapter 10, which makes me feel like it's halfway. I don't know, um, but it's... It's moving along. That game is great. It's really fun to just play for a little bit, but there's way like there's other stuff that's capturing my attention right now. Is the game um, <clears throat> well put together, well written? Is it like immersive? Does it make sense, or is it a bunch of lottie da stuff? It's it's very nice hokey anime Saturday morning cartoon yeah, type okay. bullshit, like which that. is like fine. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you're not, I mean, it's, they're not. You know. It's not freaking Shakespeare, you know what I mean? But it's like, but it's fine. And the combat is actually great. Like, I'm a huge fan of how streamlined they made all of the battle mechanics and the uh, animations are great. And for a Switch game, it actually runs beautifully. Surprising. Like, it runs really smooth. It's like 30 FPS or whatever. He doesn't run like, smooth, though. Uh, I, I got... The only time I noticed any type of weirdness at the beginning, and I'm still at the beginning of the game, yeah. but there are sections where you're like, after the battle, you're running around and talking to people in like 3D space. Oh yeah, that, if those you spin sections the camera are, too much. Yeah, those sections are rough. They're like that's definitely not 30 or it like yeah something's weird. There's ways to like I've found ways to kind of like optimize running around that place so you don't really have to like spend that much time there. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's the same. That is exactly what made me hate uh, three houses after a while. Yeah, it was like I just can't the deal. frame rate. No, like the running around the school. Parts. Oh, like yeah. I, I was just like over it. It becomes like chores. It was chores. I, yeah. Although, Specifically the fucking fishing. Fishing. The fishing uh, game in this yeah. one way better. What do you mean? Way better. Why? Because it's not tap A three times. <laughs> what is it? Uh it's like uh throw and then you kinda like hold and then you like get them to a certain point and then you like smash A and then they like it's actually like a, a kinetic fun? thing. Oh, okay. You know? Um it's not just tap it. 
I, I guess the one thing about Three Houses that I liked, and I don't, not to talk about Fire Emblem too long, because but because I don't know that much about it, but um, I didn't. It, Three Houses didn't have a totally hokey storyline. Mm-hmm. When I remember, like yeah. there's a lot of anime tropes in it. Oh yeah, but it, it was like it had a pretty interesting story for sure. At the this one at the beginning again, just at the beginning, but like we talked last week, it seems to have that a little bit more of that generic yeah. hokey yeah anime I mean, stuff going on like. Three Houses was political drama. This yeah. is like superheroes. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that. that's... I wasn't sure if I was misremembering Three Houses or if I'm not... No, Three Houses had a much more mature storyline. Okay. In, in like, I'm part of this family and this is why I do the things the way that I am and my personality is this way because I've been affected this way. And in this one, you have like weird bubbly thief girl who has stars painted all over her face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's whatever. Um <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's, it's funny that they just they yeah, went that direction. I guess direction. in Three Houses, you're like, yeah, you're fighting with this one girl whose dad is also part of the army, and then they had like a weird falling out, but then you like slowly learn about their like reconjoining of the. Yeah. So he did something to his mom. I don't know, this whole thing. And then now you're talking to me as like it's a Saturday morning cartoon. They're more. Yeah. Anime, and this one, anime. it's like you're meeting big boob moms, and they're giving you rings and hugging you because reasons it's weird it's a weird game yeah i mean the game started and you saw yeah. the mother character the queen or whatever yeah and the first shot of her was just like chest shot oh and my then god it, and then it went it's... up to the face i'm like you're introducing this as his mom this <laughs> is so weird and he doesn't even know it's his mom yeah. and she's like <laughs> it's weird it's weird but there's actually it is it's pretty egregious with the fan service later like yeah. there are certain character outfits that i'm just like guys like <laughs> you're not even trying anymore yeah. you know leave anything to the imagination for god's sake real bad um anyway so <laughs> briefly in fire emblem world but the primary things that have been taking my time yeah. so first what do you think the brief was <laughs> what do you think more brief- skin yeah it was just like you know we're the demographic is uh yeah i don't know you know the horny teenagers you know what the thing is too and it's like and i'll i'll, I'll speak on this just briefly it is so ridiculous to me like i'm at the point now where there's like 15 people in my enough enough people that I can make two full parties of characters and sure. like I'm not using half the characters right so I feel like I'm seeing most of the people that are in the game at this point um and characters are only, like specifically the female characters come in two shades way too huge boobs or no boobs yeah. <laughs> and that's it there's nothing in the middle it's like this is a 13 year old girl or like crazy just bombed out hourglass milk <laughs> it's like what the fuck is this game um interesting yeah it's a now i might pick it <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing um and, and it's so funny uh, because i feel like nobody nobody really like am i crazy to think that nobody holds like any sort of like grievances against nintendo nobody pins nintendo as the weird horny we because it's a cultural thing yeah it's like these are the guys that make mario and zelda and then also the super horny weeb anime game. yeah that's, I, I think anime just gets a pass because it's like yeah. that's i guess to a certain extent but like when's the last time you hear any controversy about any anime literally that's a good point like, like it and when you want a lot of it even the good I'm ones sure it's like really bad it is really bad i mean even like you know I don't know. I, I don't watch much anime. I feel like my time is kind of like come and gone with anime. But like the few ones that I dip into, like uh, I'll just touch on Attack on Titan. On Attack on Titan, it's like all I ever heard about that is like this anime is really good. 
you should watch this anime. It's really good. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. And I remember watching the first season and it is horrifically violent. And like, yep. and like, yeah. oh my God, it's like one of the most like unnerving, terrifying experiences mm. that I've ever seen yeah, in an anime. Know, it's, it's, it's extremely <laughs> uncomfortable to watch that. Yeah. But everyone's just like, no, it's really good. You know what? And it's like, no, this is going to like, like, mentally affect you for a long time (laughs) it's so starkly different from the expected anime but what you're experiencing in fire emblem right now is the epitome of the expected anime i think that's what's so nice about it like a lot of anime will it'll just sort of like run into that track you know like my hero academia (laughs) my hero academia is a great anime it's all the shonen jump stuff right it's like it's all troped out it's gonna go down this one route but then you every so often you'll get like a A death note deviation or a attack on titan where it's more horror and real focused artistic design is different creative direction is far different from the expected so that's it's like exciting to have a different high quality story i'm just tying that into the anime gets a pass notion which i think is true because i think that's exactly what's happening where it's like you know it's almost like everybody's excited to talk about it but like not really unless you're like in it and then that's all you're talking about i I don't know anime is weird so briefly playing fire emblem but the two main games that i've been playing outside of that which i can't believe neither one of you guys have played i know it's unbelievable to me it's been a weird few weeks for me first is the re-release of goldeneye on xbox series x and switch i didn't even think of that and it's awesome really i I, like here's the thing there's a lot of people that are like oh it's technically whatever it's (laughs) it's 60 fps goldeneye and it's 4k and it looks awesome awesome and it plays great and i like the the meme now is like oh do people actually like goldeneye or do they just want to be kids again and it's like no i go back and play this game and it's like no i actually like this game like this game's actually really great like the only because i I haven't you're right i haven't played it but i've only read things about it yeah and people do have like a weird negative like why didn't they use the remaster from a few years ago and it's not you're right like i heard that it's not actually fun yeah, thing, it's like but, I feel like ev- all those people, and this is Justin Scarbo talking. Sure. Okay, shut up. Okay, <laughs> like it's we got Goldeneye back. Uh, yeah. Counterpoint. You know shut up. <laughs> it's like before you say anything, prepare to shut like, the fuck up. It's Goldeneye. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this is the thing that everyone's wanted forever. It's a miracle that it's even out on anything, right? Right. I know part of the controversy too is that it's like uh, the Switch version has online multiplayer the oh. xbox one does not really oh. yeah and actually the the emulation that both of them are using two different studios handled each of the ports oh. so like the xbox one is completely handled by this one studio and the switch one is handled by somebody else that's bizarre and they each have pluses and minuses or whatever but it's like what are you gonna play like i'm not looking to play goldeneye online okay yeah. as far yeah. as multiplayer shooters go my time is much better spent elsewhere yeah but i will absolutely play through that campaign again because that's where all my love is is it twin stick yes okay yeah. like or if it wasn't, I, I don't know be... i don't know about the switch version yeah i didn't play the switch version i just played the xbox version mm. the xbox version controls exactly the way that you expect it to and it's phenomenal what are... they even made small changes where like remember how when you held down uh L1. like l1 or l it would like you would stop moving and it would move yeah, the cursor the not like that anymore the the thing goes up and you can like strafe and like whatever it's oh it's beautiful it's beautiful the Wait, control you can, you can strafe with the left joystick already no, but I'm saying like the when you use the L1 thing, you don't like it doesn't lock your position. What does L1 do now? It pulls up your crosshair and it moves around, but you can still move freely. It's weird to explain, but yeah, like I don't understand the controls yeah. in that game. 
Like, I've gone back and played it on the N64 a few times. Oh, it's horrendous. Controls are ho- so bad. Yeah, I mean, you don't yeah. realize it as a kid. Yeah. And they've been optimized now, but... Like the moving around, move and aim are the same thing, but then you can also strafe with the yeah. C button. You, know, like, oh, you know what's C so buttons. funny? The um, so when you were, when we were kids, the two main shooters, at least in my world, were Goldeneye and Turok, and like those are those were the games, right? And everyone thought that Turok controlled super weird because you your movement was the C buttons, and then the left stick was your your oh. aiming. So it's like so. It was like how it's dual analog controls, but swapped. But swapped. But buttons. But swapped. But Goldeneye is not that. Goldeneye is like <laughs> movement and strafing is on the same, or movement, moving and turning is on the same stick, and then strafing are just the left and right buttons. Mm. It's very weird. Wait, this is on N64. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the point is, is that I feel like a lot of people got used to controlling Goldeneye back in the day, and they were like, this is how it should play. And then when you play Turok, they're like, this is so weird. Yeah. But like, as a, an adult now with the muscle memory that we have, if you go back and try either of those games, you'll pick up Turok in two seconds. Mm. But Goldeneye, you'll be like, oh, yeah. no. I wonder if you could uh, turn the controller upside down for Turok and play normally. That might work. Well, Goldeneye actually has a dual analog control setup Would where you, you use two N64 yeah. controllers. I never right. tried it. Yeah, oh. I never tried it either. It would be very bizarre. Sounds like it would be good, though. Yeah. So anyway, if like it's on Game Pass. I would recommend playing it. It's, I, it's Goldeneye, baby. Yeah. I'd be in it for the sound effects and the music. You know, just everything is so nostalgic. It's so weird because, like, I feel like so many of those, like, missions and stuff have, like, imprinted on my brain so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'm playing through the game on Double O Agent, and I haven't had to look up the objectives a single time. Uh, I just know I'm, like, autopiloting these levels because I know exactly what to do. muscle memory. What are the the benefits on Xbox uh, Series X? 60 FPS. Okay. 4K. Okay. Dual analog control. Versus Switch, which is not? Which is... I don't know what the well, controls are. Uh, definitely 30 FPS. I'm pretty sure it's like 720p and online multiplayer. Yeah, I'm not trying to play online multiplayer. Totally right. So, yeah. so it is 4K, but it's still like Pierce Brosnan's flat face, right? Like, yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> they didn't they didn't upres the yeah. the textures at all. So it's like it's the old textures, but just like real crisp. Real. I crisp. remember when it's you, real crisp poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> remember in multiplayer when you start the game and it's like it does this like weird like shot around the character's face. Oh yeah. Face. Mm-hmm. The moment you said Pierce Brosnan's fat uh, like flat face, all I heard was dinner dinner and oh, like yeah. literally just saw that man. I got to the Nostalgia. first mission that. Oh, Hard. sorry. So no, that's it. I'm yeah, I got to the first mission that became very, very difficult for me, which was uh, Bunker Two, where yeah. you're locked in the mm-hmm. cell. Mm-hmm. That one in particular, is that one, really, I love that one. Yeah, that one's that was... really hard because you have to move through it in a certain way because enemies just keep spawning forever. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So you have to like, yeah, you have to be on a mission. You can't just like pick enemies off and then just do whatever you want to do, like you can do it basically every other level. I think that was statue. The, that was the mission that tipped me off to my enjoyment of being placed in a spot with nothing and then figuring out I, how to become I, we have that in common yeah. i love that too yeah. yeah that was my favorite part we talked about it before yeah we've sure. talked about it before but that, that's a one of my favorite parts in uh fable mm. where you get captured and put in a cell and yeah you, you actively get older you have like a beard and your hair goes like white too and you have nothing you just have to fight your way out with either your spells or just like your power i, I love that yeah, you know what's cool. really funny about that actually so the didn't intend to talk about this at all, but low key, like in the background, I'm always playing some kind of retro game. And the Game Boy game that I'm playing right now is uh, uh, Oracle of Ages, yeah. Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. I've never played it before, so this is like my first time. You've been and, playing it for a while. And the and the first part or the part that I just got to is 
you finish an area and then a character comes in and knocks you out and takes all of your stuff and then drops you on an island and then you have to find all your items again. So oh. it's exactly this. It's yeah. like you're dropped on an island and you have nothing. And it's the, the Eventide Island. It's, it's Eventide Island. Yeah. And that was exactly it. And I was like, did they plan this in Oracle of Ages in 1996? That's <laughs> you know, Before yeah. this happened. And, wow. and I love that in Breath of the Wild too. Like that's yeah. just fun. Like kind of like bootstrap, like figure yeah. out what you got to do. Yeah. And it's really cool. And But sorry, just yeah. last comment about Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. Is that um, I see memes about it all the time, but one of the things that's carried through the ages is that everyone loves that pause music. Oh yeah, um, boom. yeah, boom, boom, boom. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's you know what's funny the uh, <laughs> because that news has been going around so much. I actually follow Grant Kirkhope on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Grant Kirkhope is like he's he was the composer for Rare. Um, he posted a thing that was like uh, breaking news. Uh, Goldeneye pause music was written by the composer in five minutes. <laughs> what? I was like, what? And he's like the guy. I, I'm almost positive that he's the guy, but he would know because he was like the composer at Rare. It's a very bum, bum, not, bum, yeah. Bum. I mean, it's a very not complicated song. It's yeah. like the Bond theme with like, yeah. slow down, slow down, down a reverb. little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it, there's something just like, mm. it's so yeah. chill. Yeah. yeah. It is great. That's a great song. Oh. Thank you for reminding me about it. I can hear it in my head right now. Yeah. Play that game. Yeah. Go just turn it on and like Game Pass, right? Game Pass, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um Okay. All right. And then last game, the big right. one. Yeah. Dead Space, baby. Dead Space. Yeah. Dead Space has been has taken over my life. I'm actually really disappointed in myself because I am I'm literally at the final boss. Like I I just approached the thing that's like press X and there's this is the point of no return kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like I was like, all right, I'm just going to save right now, and then I'll do it before you guys get here on the podcast, and then I'll I'll have beaten the game before uh, before you got here, and it did not happen. Um, dude, I just downloaded it yesterday. <laughs> dude, I I smashed this game. It is it is so good. I really? heard such good things about it. It's funny because it's like you know I went into coming Cal- off of Callisto Protocol. I went into Callisto Protocol because I was like I've played Dead Space, right? I've played Dead Space, and I wanted something little fresh the same director so it's like show me something you know show me what you can do here um and now having played dead space the differences are so stark it's it's insane yeah and like they definitely took some liberties and there are absolutely changes in remake it's it's definitely like they added side quests there's Mm -hmm. like um there's a lot more cutscenes with your mask off like, you oh, okay. see the character's face a lot. Did that even happen until the end of the game? No. If at all? I think at, it happened. It, was, it only happened at the end of the game. Right. So, I knew they weren't afraid to show the face, but it actually humanized, like, so... Yeah, because right, he doesn't I'll, really talk very much throughout the game, does he? I so, liked him. Sorry. I, yeah, no. I, I, I did, short point, I did like that he was an anonymous, like, yeah. everyman kind of thing. Like, that was almost the point. But, yeah. So, what was your, yeah, so what your thoughts? I, I mean, I really liked it a lot, and... I'm I'm gonna get a little heady in this for like a second, yeah, right? Let's do it. So, um, this came this came to me when I looked at the I I don't know if you guys actually watched it, but I sent you an ad that PlayStation put out this past week. I did watch that. You did watch that. Okay. No. So I've kind of had like I I feel like I've seen this sentiment. I saw this sentiment somewhere, and then I really thought about it. Like I kind of like meditated on this for a second. And I really believed it, which is that like advertising in general lately has just been really lame yeah it has. like it's super boring it's like not exciting at all there's no like 
passion to it anymore. I, and you and you can see that in stuff like uh, the Super Bowl and whatever. Like yeah. everyone used to remember, like the this is the ad or whatever. But that hasn't happened in years. It's just been so bland. It's really funny. Be, I was gonna say, like I've I recently have been using the New York City like metro, like the subway. Yeah. And one of my favorite things when I lived in New York City was watching and like seeing those ads when I was worked at like an advertising agency and how like clever they were to use the space. Dude, all of it is so bad it's It's, so blatantly like pandery and like over the yeah yeah so so the point that i'm getting at with this is i as i thought about it i'm like yeah advertising sucks and i think what i where it came from and this is kind of my own theory is that i think everyone's been too I think the public has become super jaded and it's very easy to make fun of people now for stuff. So if you try to like have something that has a lot of personality, it's very easy to just be like derided and like not taken seriously. Like, like, oh, this is so cheese or so cringe or whatever. Like it's, it's easy to label stuff like that. So I think it is encouraged companies or advertisers to take less risks to to remove personality there that's why there's no kevin butlers anymore you know what i mean because it it's too risky you need something that's like gonna just deliver the message as effectively as possible but that removes a lot of the the heart from it you know i will say that i do believe you're right in the fact that they are taking away personality because they want to reduce risk right and i definitely feel that um I think the reason is more so because I think overall, like people are a little bit more worried that they're going to be, or companies are a little bit more worried that they're going to be like lambasted, not necessarily made fun of, but like I canceled essentially. So so when I say, when I say personality, I don't mean literally a person. I'm talking about like like the the feeling that it's going to the tone and the messaging. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like even one step further removed that those commercials, those advertisements that we absorbed mm-hmm. and like the Kevin Butlers and all that really nice personality driven, yeah. like interesting ads. A lot of those came when we were watching all watching cable and TV when we yeah. we sat down and they knew they had us for 30 seconds. Yeah, they do not have that space anymore. They don't have time to build these interesting, these interesting like um stories and messages and like build into like this advertising thing. Yeah. They, so what so what you what you have left is this. We got 10 seconds. Anything longer than that's a huge risk. And I, I think that's where the risk comes in, where yeah, they really are just putting it out there. It's definitely a different landscape for sure. But but that's I think the, yeah, the platform, the, yeah. the important the, the thread that I'm pulling through all of this to bring it back to Dead Space is that. And I noticed this when I watched the PlayStation ad because that did you watch the PlayStation ad? No, I did not. It, it's very good. So the PlayStation ad, uh, they it's a news report that's basically saying like live from PlayStation five. And then it like shows like scenes from a bunch of games and it's people reporting like, like in New York city, our web slinging friend is whatever. Mm. And like, you see like CGI Spider-Man and like webs and stuff. And there's like people. And then there's like another one for uh, like a ratchet and clank one where they're like, I don't know if I should call a doctor or a gardener. Cause it's Mm. like, it's all foliage or whatever. Um, so it's it's a little like irreverent in that way. And the thing that I appreciated about it is I was like, you know what? They took a direction and fearlessly stepped forward. Yeah. They said like hmm. people might make fun of us for having live from PlayStation 5, but they didn't. They said fuck it. This is what we're doing. It was it felt very like confident. Like I don't care if somebody's going to make fun of it because this is this is our message. This is what we want it to be and it, it felt very like I, I think confident yeah, it, is the word. Like they they chose a direction and they stepped forward, and I was like, "That's great." So now bringing that through line to Dead Space, with Dead Space, when they 
when you the guy takes his mask off and you see his face and it's like I didn't expect to see his face until the end credits, you know what I mean? Um and like he's talking to people and they have this sort of discourse. I looked at it and I was like, "You know what? Good for you. You like you made an artistic choice and you and you leaned completely into it." And I and I respect mm. them so much more for it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you didn't take the safe route. And I almost I almost respect and am more interested in people not taking the safe route anymore because it's at least showing that you're yeah. like trying to do something, it's, you know? It's difficult to I would say and I totally understand and hear what you're saying. I'll say like it could be seen in two shades of complete opposite yeah, two because I get what you're going to say one yeah. is one is what you're saying fearless you know creative direction the other is pandering you know yeah. it, it's a fine how line mean, how do you mean pander like well, if go ahead you finish your point the the only thing is like imagine if you found out that the fans really loved when you know uh, he took off his masks in dead space 2 and 3 mm-hmm. you know versus 1 so yeah. let's pander and do that for them in the remake of one that would be pandering however in your case i think i know what you're saying which is like you know what everybody's already seen this the creative direction is i'm going to create new cinematic scenes anyway i want this game to feel fresh therefore i'm going to put the face in you know so yeah. a good, another like a good example is the halo show it's like we're going to show his face because we're you know this is our take on it and it's yeah but that and that's a little different because that's to me as a halo it, fan it that's disrupted like a, the integrity of the that's character. what i mean yeah and yes integrity and right so when you put it that way with dead space and like in my mind it was just the end of the game and like i just said i like that he was sort of an anonymous figure Mm -hmm. but i don't think him taking the mask off more like changes that integrity like i think they were able to do that and again i haven't played it i know so (laughs) i mean i'll leave it up to you know i'll play it but it almost makes it like i i think the reason why i like it is it's not even because it's like it just because it's different or something. I think it's because I don't know. It's I I can appreciate the risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if you, I think taking the safe route is just or or being too loyal or whatever. It's almost like I don't know. It it just it seems like too like it's uninteresting. You know what I mean? Like I I want to be interested invigorated a little bit i want i want to be like tantalized by what you're doing if you fed me the same thing i'd eat it and be like all right this is fine yeah it's like it's like okay cool but by by trying to change it up a little bit it's it's it makes me respect motive motive is the people that made this it makes me respect them more because they were like we're making a choice here and like this is the direction we're going and it also is like you know like we're not we're confident in this move enough that we don't think that you know, we're not concerned with the the backlash that might come from showing his face. We don't care because this is the story that we're telling. And it's like that, it, it feels more genuine to me. So here's like a good example too. And it happened in the same game. Good and bad example. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was literally about to bring because, that up. Okay, so hop on whenever, but like they, in my opinion, and I know some people were disappointed by this. I think we're all on the same page, but I like that they went a different direction and that... Like that was a very very bold choice. Yeah. To not just remake the game, and they added their own little thing, and then you know had this whole other storyline basically going on. Yeah. But you know, so 
I'll label that as artistic choice. Mm-hmm. But then you get at the end of the game with the Sephiroth and space fight, like that's different. But then it, that's also sort of like a yeah. Ooh, maybe you went a little too far on that one. Yeah, but I I do I agree with you. At what point is it selfish for them versus yeah? For yeah. Us? You can yeah. tell that, though. That's what, that's what yeah. the end felt like. But I will say to you know in favor of your point, I totally agree because that made that game so much more interesting yeah. to play because I think they knew as developers they're like what's keeping people in this seeing cloud the names of the moves, the music that we're playing, like seeing Midgar, like this is what Final Fantasy is to these people. These are these are the elements that carry through and the and the general beats of the story, the relationships, all this sort of stuff. The fine details, how all of this stuff connects together is less important and gives them a little bit of freedom. So when they they gave you a taste of something different happening, you know, be on your toes because this is not the same. It kind of it makes it more yeah. intriguing. It's I get like, to play Final well, Fantasy now, VII again. Exactly right, yeah. and it's like all of this stuff that you love and the nostalgic feelings that you get, you still get all that. But it's just it's presented so, in a different lens that that is actually compelling yeah. to go through because it's not treaded material. You know, if I was to be, if I was to try to define, if I was to try to put my science hat on and like slowly distill the differences between the pandering versus the artistic liberties section, you know, like the good versus the bad in creative direction, whichever way you choose, right? It feels like, and I think I brought it up before, and this is what making me think about it. There's like a, there's like a, who's this for kind of thing. You know what I mean? In dead space, it sounds like, and at least from the way that you took it, it sounds like it was for the fans who played the original dead space and they want to give you something more. You know, versus say like a game where, and I can't really pull one up right now, maybe the Sephiroth thing. It's like, at what point are my changes there because I want to put my stamp on the right. thing that you love? Yeah. I think that, di- I, so an important difference that I want to, if the comparison is between Final Fantasy VII and Dead Space, an important comparison that I think is worth paying attention to is Final Fantasy VII Remake is called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, that's literally the name of the game. Remake is the subtitle to Final Fantasy VII. That is what it's called. Dead Space is not called Dead Space Remake. It is called Dead Space. Like, that's the name of the game. So I think there is... They know that the people that played it are coming back to it, but it's also going to be a fresh game for a whole new generation of people. So it's almost like it doesn't... Like, the, the history almost doesn't matter because it's like, this is what the story is. This is what Dead Space is. But what, you know what I mean? Like Okay, helmet aside. Imagine if they put a sword in the game, you know? In Dead Space? In Dead Space. Would that be, like, a welcomed change or would that be more of, like, a, I want to give you more content? How, how is this relevant? Well, what I'm saying is, like... That's going too far. You're saying, like... At what point do the, does it go too far because it's, like, oh... Studies show that people like swords, therefore well, let's put it in this game. Well, it's know? like, so we didn't see Isaac's face until the end of the game. That's yeah, the thing, that right? That was the reveal. Yeah. Um, so, but what if they like, they there's like a sex scene with him. You're like, this is just... Yeah, that, that's <laughs> now just, yeah, right. That's what I mean. I mean in so this game, it's like, yeah, you see Isaac's face a lot. It's got to be true to the source material. Not, not a spoiler. There's an alternate ending in this yeah. space. I don't know what it is. Oh, I but didn't it's, know that. It's, it was in the trophy data. It was like, there was a news thing about it. But um, oh wow, interesting. But yeah, so right, so it's like they're now, they're just going to what is that? What I have is motivation that even to play the be? game now. You know what I, is that even going to be? Yeah, honestly, so. I think a lot of it from a fan's perspective, it comes down to like how much attention do I feel like they're or how much 
how much energy are they putting into this? Like when I see Dead Space or like Demon Souls, for example, when you see a quality product that they put a lot of time mm -hmm. to make it authentic, you can, as a fan, as a community, you'll give them more slack for things that they've decided to change in like a good way. Like they've earned it. Yeah. yeah. You can't just sort of like go into it and then just start making changes before you sort of like earned it back it's a weird yeah. there is sort of a yes. nebulous well this is why thing i think final fantasy 7 rebirth is going to be starkly different than yeah the next chapter of final fantasy 7 that we're familiar with right that's why the first trailer that they have is cloud walking around with Sephiroth. it's like what the fuck is that yeah. like you know what Nippleham. i mean Nippleham. Well, i assume no because cloud is like old and he's not in a shinra soldier outfit uh, so oh. it's like what's happening here you know what i mean definitely like an apparition or something he has a mustache Shut up. <laughs> oh see, that would be egregious. <laughs> that would be a welcome thing to see Cloud being old. But um, I will say, though, like, just a weird side note when you said remake and then rebirth, like, the third one's definitely going to have to have a re in the name. Right. It's going to be like, it's gonna be like right? resurrection or it's going to be like resurrection. They're, like, they're going to do something re stupid. Regan. Yeah. Yeah. Re <laughs> Reunion. Uh, well, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core was called Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. Oh, another re. That's yeah. funny. Right. R-E. Yeah. So, not, yeah. I, what, Final stop. Fantasy VII Resident Evil. Can you just stop doing that? I mean, they can't make the third one not have Re in it now, you know? I and wish they just wouldn't. It's not clever. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... I feel like that's also... Sale, trend, that's also I know. They're, they're too <laughs> deep already. I know. That feels like in... Uh, I don't know. Is it uh, cultural translation differences? It's like... Probably. Right? Or yeah. it's probably globalization's team being like, uh, alliteration. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, they're a multi-million dollar company. I'm sure they're very conscious of what the words they're using. The time. Yeah. That. And then you, yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and you're like, what's happening yeah. here? You know? It's been, it's been a long time since Zero Wing. I think we're far past that. Yeah. Reference? Anyway. Did anybody get that reference? Zero, no. Zero Wing was a Super Nintendo game. It uh, had the famous mistranslated line, all your best oh, are oh, belong to that us. Was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the line. Um, anyway, so... The important parts about Dead Space is that it's really fucking good. <laughs> it looks great. 60 FPS, rock solid. It plays incredible. It's like, it's it's everything that I remember about that game, but so much better. Mm. Like, it, I, And a true next-gen like feel to it, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is like... It's only PS5? I mean... No, it's on everything. Yeah. But it, it actually... What's nice... Not trying to beat a dead horse, but what what I think makes it more exciting than something than the shortcomings that like, let's say God of War had with the squeezing through corridors thing is that this one is it's the doors are the load screens between sections, but because the load screens are so much faster on PS five, you don't feel the difference. It just opens the door and you walk through. Exactly. It's a real heavy door. So it takes a while, but, but that's it. what I'm saying. So like, I'm, I'm sure on the PS four version, you hit open door and you're waiting there for a second. But in this, you hit open door and you're just going. So it's a, it's a very seamless process. It's actually, it's remarkably enjoyable. There are a fair amount of load screens in fire emblem, which is oh my God. annoying. It is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Old tech. I noticed that. Switch. I just want just PS5 <laughs> games. That's what I want. Can, yeah. you, can I just have PS5? Games? Yeah. Why was River City? Why was River City Girls in 30 frames plus load screens that lasted more than three seconds? Because that was a game that was developed for Switch first. Doesn't Guaranteed. mean that the PlayStation 5 can't burn through a Switch game faster than a Switch game could, right? Unless they didn't optimize the code for it. I, I mean, I yes, could. I don't know. I'm at a point where I could even still live with load screens, like. Like, if I play a game and it has low screens, fine. 
but once you start to notice them and that's fire emblem you're like wait i'm still looking at a load screen and it, yeah. it's that extra beat where you're like this is this is taking too long and that has a lot of them i didn't i noticed that my attention span has like i feel like I've, I've kind of like ruined myself in a certain way where it's like when i'm playing a game if i hit a load screen or like probably the most immediate like connection that i have with this and tell me if you guys experience this too I'm not talking about dead space anymore i'm just talking about games um but if i like die in a game and it takes more than like a split second to come back i immediately pull out my phone <laughs> i do it on load I, it's almost unconscious yeah. it's like i'll go and the second i die i'm just like i'm on my phone i'm like waiting to do something and it's like i don't even know why i took my phone out yeah you know what i mean do i do, do that i do it in load uh, screens yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm never touching my phone in uh, anything actually unless jealous. unless i'm trying to sync up with alex or somebody else with in a game like oh no my phone is like always near me if it's my phone if is it's definitely not, near me but if it's, it's never not, on like it's right here yeah so it's like if i die i'm just like down on the phone doing whatever or like if uh-huh. i die and i know i have to repeat content now i'll like play a youtube video and like listen to a youtube video while i'm playing now that you say it i'm gonna just, i'm gonna try to pay attention to my my habits when playing games yeah I, it it's, it's subconscious I, it's yeah. a bad habit too like I know when I'm I'm like going down the elevator in my apartment building and there's like three floors in my building. Yeah. It's like I push the button phone. I'm like, what yeah. am I even doing in this, this time? Is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It happens to me all the time. It's it's the same like when I'm working out or whatever. It's like if I the second I put the weight down, like I I'll just finish a set. The second I drop the weight, my phone comes out. That is true. I and do it's that, like for sure. Why? Why am I? I'm listening to a podcast. There's nothing that the phone is going to feed me right now that I want. Well, know? the problem is that you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there and you're yeah. going to stare at the floor. Well, I will say it is. That's why it's like when I'm repeating content in games or if I'm autopiloting something, I always have a YouTube video on and it's just there. Like so, that's weird for me because it's like two mediums vying for your attention simultaneously, and I don't like well, that. It's usually podcast stuff. Like I'll listen to like uh, but, video essays. But still, like I need I like. For me, I, I mean, my attention is so poor <laughs> most of the time that I know that I need to focus on one thing at a time. Otherwise, I have mediocre, like, understanding and comprehension of the thing. You know what it is? I feel like I, um, I consider... And I think this is where my brain is broken. I feel like there's so much content that I have to digest all the time that I'm trying to, like, min-max my day. Oh, that's fine. You I mean, that's I mean? fair... I'm definitely, I wish I was that, but no. But it's like, it's not even like, but it's not, but it's not min-maxing my day. Like, I'm probably watching a YouTube video I've already seen before. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? And it's like, and it's just, I need But the impulse sort of, is there. Exactly, right? And it's like, I don't know why I'm doing this, you know? This is like, I heard another conversation that I thought was funny. Do you ever, do you listen to podcasts yeah. regularly? Yeah. Do you ever watch their, what, do you, what speed do you listen to them on? No. Do you ever turn them onto like two X or three X or anything? I did that for a little while, and then I realized, you know, like YouTube videos, I used to oh, I watch them at like one point two five, but I like appreciate like the timing more than I appreciate downloading the information. Totally right there with you. I'm exactly there. That's the bridge that I haven't crossed yet, because like I think that's actually a fairly common thing to do. Yeah, because even on my podcast, I've like I used uh, Pocket Casts. At the end of the year, it did one of those like Spotify. This is all the stuff you listen to or whatever. And the primary statistic that it fed me, the first thing was this is how much time you saved by fast forwarding or, wow. or listening to stuff faster. And I was like, what? Like, wow, I'm not even, and the fast forwarding is like me, like That's a just good statistic. tapping like the 30 seconds forward to skip an ad or something in a podcast. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm doing, um, 
that project management certification I was telling you about. Yeah. yeah. And it has a lot of videos that are associated with it. And it has uh, subtitles. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like this guy talking about stuff. I would for sure have that on. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. So I have it. I've been increasing it just to see how far I could get while still maintaining it. Yeah. So I'm up to two times now. And it's really, yeah. And you can, and I'm reading it basically. Yeah. And they're not long videos, but. I mean that's that takes a five minute video down to two and a half. You're not you know, watching that's like that for that, entertainment yeah. value. Well, that's what's crazy, right? The, I'm listening the, to podcasts and watching videos usually for entertainment value and education, and I usually stick to the ones that I like where the host is delivering lines well and entertainingly. You know? Yeah, that that's the thing for me. It's like there was like a split second that I was like, let me try 1.25 mm. just to just to try it on and see what it's like, and instantly I was like, this feels unnatural yeah like i feel like a like a weird robot, robot. or something exactly you know? what i have been doing is all of my the audiobooks that i listen to mm -hmm. um that there, i would put on there's more options on the audible app so i actually have it on i just have it on 1.1 1 .1. mm -hmm. um because the the cadence that they speak at is just a little slow like it just it hangs a little bit yeah um so the 1.1 1 .1 is it's just barely not even noticeable at all yeah. So and then I just feel like I I don't know I I'm, I'm sure it's also streamlines un it unique to certain people as well because like I think I think in general I just process information more slowly than most people like and I I don't mean that like I'm slow or something but like I I liken it to the way that I read books and I read books as if the characters are speaking out loud which I know is like yeah I do not, that it's like apparently that's like not how you're supposed to read books it slows things down but it's way more entertaining yeah uh, apparently there's like a whole methodology behind like speed reading and yeah. oh yeah I went to not, speed reading like, classes and I it was like and it's it was like uh not stressful an endurance thing in my brain and it was tiring yeah i, <laughs> yeah. I don't like that like i, I add brain reading, can't do that i look at reading as like a meditative yeah. activity it's, it's like useful. i'm not i'm not i know that it's not the most efficient way to download information i know that that's the case but it's it's something that it's like i'm doing this specifically to slow down and disconnect like that's why i'm reading books you know but it's funny because like i look at um so i i imagine that that same mentality is what sticks me at times one speed right it, but like i bet like i look at ali so ali is like a my wife is like an editor like by trade like she is a medical editor so she's reading ridiculously thick high level scientific writing all day long like there's words in this stuff that i've never even heard of in my entire life could never exist like i whatever and she'll read like 80 page manuscripts in like an hour uh. and I'm like how the fuck and like not only is she reading it but she's also grammatically evaluating the text and I'm like I can't even read these words <laughs> like, <what? laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so that that is making me feel like okay the way that her brain processes information is totally different than mine she's probably at 3x on podcasts yeah. I dumb <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I, I have different intelligence. I do. I do wonder. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes. It's like yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't really earnestly sat down and read a book in years. My th I mean, I've definitely will listen to like books on Audible before, and I enjoy that because it's like my speed, I guess. But I do wish I can do the whole. I want to do more of the like for a meditative state to read more. Yeah. I wonder, can I train myself to speed read if I? listen to the book while also following along with a physical version like you could do that would it help and then when i take off the audible thing will i be able to like 
start to scan things better when they were doing when we were doing the speed reading something to that i don't know when we were doing the speed reading class they were they said with your three fingers you can go down line by line and you're picking out specific words and your eyes are just registering with the words and you're like soaking in the information but that is not the way that i like enjoy like you were saying enjoy comprehending the information because i like the story and i like the feel and the timing and all that I try, to, I try just, to, like, impress, like, inflection, like, the way that this person's saying yeah, these things or how yeah. these characters are interacting with each other or whatever. Like, yes, yeah, I think speed reading, that's more of a way to just absorb information quickly, right? Yeah. Like, there's those crazy, like, you've seen those videos online that it just, it flashes the words, like, yeah. one yeah. word at a time. And yeah. your brain can still pick that up. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what speed reading is, like, yeah. trying to, like, yeah. you're, you're gathering the information. But, yeah, it's not like a... I am getting this nice emotional story. It's like information downloading. Yeah. I tend to, like, when it comes to like physically reading books, it's like, I, how can I, how can I put this? It's not something that I'm like waking up and I'm like, I'm going to read today. Yeah. Like that's, that's not how I do it. I always have a book in arm's reach. So like my book is like right here and I always have it there. So it's like the moment that I feel like it strikes I'm, your fancy. Well, it's like, n- not even like I, I'm interested in doing this. It's like the moment I feel like I'm not doing anything. It's like the se- the second I'm like, I'm wasting time right now. Mm. Or like, I'm just like, I'm on YouTube just like putting up bullshit. And I'm like, not like I'm doing something for no reason. And it's like, I feel like everybody gets into that motion at some point. And when I do that, that's when I'm like, all right, stop. We're going to read this book. And it's like, then I, it like forces me to slow down and like, comprehend like what i'm doing and like you know turn my brain back on basically yeah it's a weird thing hmm. how did, how we, did get we get here, here? <laughs> <laughs> where do we go from here wow anyway um we were just talking about dead space talking and, about dead space yeah it's really good i'd highly recommend it yeah it also really scared me today today when i uh went to go play it and i noticed that my uh hogwarts legacy preload is on the system and i was like fuck yeah, because the preload Dude, didn't you, show up until it's close, when, and I was like, "Oh no!" When you dropped the list of games coming out in February, I was like, "Oh my, oh my god!" I'll probably—I <laughs> mean, I probably won't play most of those, but there's still a significant portion of them that I will be playing. The so Monster I, Hunter one, what was that called? Uh, Wild Hearts. Wild Hearts is on there, and yeah. I did not—I totally forgot that that was there. So I think I don't know if Wild Hearts is one of these games. But I'm almost, I know for sure that that game, uh, Like a Dragon, Ishin, Wolong, and Atomic Heart are all on Game Pass. Oh, so, great. Like Wolong's Those, on those are Pass. all day one Game Pass games. Fantastic. I already bought Atomic Heart on PlayStation because I'm weird and I want trophies. Yeah. Um, I'll buy it on. Wait, is Atomic Heart a Game Pass game? Yes. You, that, you think that it, not, wait, I, Atomic Heart or Wild Hearts? Uh, I think Wild Hearts is too. Okay. Is it on um, Game Pass? I, I th- that's what we're talking about. I think it might be. I know for certain, like a dragon, Wolong, and um, and Atomic Heart are all day one Game Pass well, games. It's pretty annoying that their names so similarly. I know. Yeah, it's Outer Worlds and Outer Wilds. All yes, over it, again. Is. <laughs> it is. Mm. Um, yeah. Also, for the fans, um, I Wild Hearts is on Game Pass. There it is. So awesome. Great. Maybe we'll be playing that together if we're not playing Hogwarts. I could do both. Yeah, I could do both. <laughs> I was you about know, to like switch out Apex, put in. Yeah. You know what's something that's like nice, but also kind of scared me? What? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna show my vulnerability right now. Are you ready? That's fine. Love this it. Is a safe space. So uh, there was a uh, like a BuzzFeed interview or something with one BuzzFeed of the, still exists. I think yeah. in in a very smaller in a very small capacity compared to what they used to be. That's cool. Um, they did some interview with uh, someone from Naughty Dog. It might have been Neil Druckmann actually, um, and they were talking about the next. Uh, this is where all the articles about like is Last of Us three gonna happen and all this kind of stuff. During oh, that yeah. during that interview, they talked about uh, factions pretty deeply. Oh, the multiplayer, the multiplayer game. Um, and there were some interesting quotes about the game that may have revealed more about what that game is. And the the inter- the most interesting one that came out of that conversation was that they said something to the effect of, you know. Like, we want this game to be an enjoyable experience for you and your friend, singular, to uh, enjoy exploring the world in. So Ooh. so a lot of people thought that it might have been, like, a big, like, like Battle Royale style. Some, or not maybe not Battle Royale, but just some big world, like, division style thing. But another thing that it might be... Or, Straight up a co-op game? If they think that it's that, it's like, what if it's just a co-op thing? What if it's like, what if it is like an open world Rust style game, but it's strictly duos, How hol- which, which literally is what Last of Us is. Right. No, like, you know, <laughs> imagine if you're selecting your own like responses back to each other, like you're building the characters together, or if it's just two characters. They tried doing that with Dead Space 3, I remember, with the multiplayer storytelling cooperative thing. But with- that was, I mean, that was still like the linear yeah, yeah, story based sure. thing. But yeah. But it's just interesting yeah. that they used friend singular. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. You know, I friends. like I like I the like thought of that. I'm very intrigued by yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm also a little sad because I don't have that friend. Because I know you guys are gonna play together. So. I'll play with what are you talking about? <laughs> Justin will play with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a what camera. Are you saying I'm a whore. <laughs> Doesn't Liz play Last of Us? Uh she has two babies now. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Well, she will. <laughs> Not yet. We have, we have no idea when this game's coming out. It might yeah. come out this year. So, um, <laughs> but when I heard out. that, I was like both extremely intrigued, and then I was like, "Oh man, oh well, yeah, well, who's we'll gonna get. mainline this game with me?" <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could keep up with you. So I think Alex might be the one to do that with you. Yeah, we've done games before. We've done Risk yeah. of Rain, and we did that other one. You know, I'm still waiting on that Risk of Rain DLC to come to a console. Did- Oh yeah, it's been out on PC for like ever. Yeah, but you're like right. I kind of just want to play it on console. Wait, I, risk of risk of rain two two. Yeah, did I've, that already come out? Did we it, play it? It was a DLC a long time ago. And there's yeah. a big DLC called oh, like, the Void, DLC. Void of something. Every so often I'll hear. That's a good game. I forget. I was either watching something or I was playing a different game, but there was music that was. I was like, this is totally risk of rain music. Oh, like yeah. it, it has a very particular like. It's funny. I have so that guy's name's Chris long c last name i would never be able to pronounce it in my life um the third vinyl came out for it so i have risk of rain one and risk of rain two and then the dlc had its own vinyl release that came out and i haven't listened to it yet because i'm like i want to play the game first and then i'll listen to it his name is chris christadolo i knew knew it was gonna be like a a greek or a greek type name It's funny because, like, I really like the music that he makes, but I also follow him on Twitter, and I kind of hate all the things that he says. Oh, that's a shame. That's rough. Yeah. It's not like he says anything, like, political or whatever, but it's like, (laughs) I remember he had this whole thread. Like, there was, like, a solid couple of months where he was on this, like, stop listening to video game music thread where he would only post music from, like, real, like, musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, real and he was kind of like chiding people for like listening to his music or video game music that's in general, so weird right what and I was just a like, pompous like I was, elitist i was kind of like yeah. i hate this yeah but like it's a shame because your music's actually legit really good right so 
I, he's both self-deprecating wanna, and also elitist. Yeah, it's like I don't want to feel bad about liking your shit now. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a weird... Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it was a weird take. So, anyway. <laughs> Shame um, on you for liking the stuff that I make. But it's not going to change the way that I feel about it. I'm very much looking forward to listening to that album. Yeah. But I can't listen to it until the DLC comes out on console because I'm not going to play and it. I can't, I can't believe it's been so long. Dude, it's been months. Yeah. That came out months ago. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> is it planning on being released on console? So, I, so what happened is, so the company that makes that game, uh, Hopo Studios or something, mm. the, the main name is Hopo, H-O-P-O-O, P-P-O-O. Mm. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Uh, they got bought by uh, Gearbox. So uh. I think they were, it was like when they were making the transition of everything over to console. Cause like they basically released stuff on PC and then like bug tested for like ever. And then the final version they release on console, I think so they don't have to like fix bugs on two platforms at the same time. Mm. So it's like, they'll just use the PC people as sort of like the testing grounds and then take their hard work. And then, and I think they can make, they can probably make free updates on PC, whereas PlayStation or, you know, there's a process there. Certification every time and all this kind of stuff. So Mm. it's kind of waiting for that. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah. Interesting. How do we, how do we get to risk that? of rain, dead space, talking about composers? So yeah. So before we get to the news, I hate to do this. I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing, monster. Do you want to? Do you want to bring three bottles of water? Yeah. Awesome. It's the first time I've ever had to use the bathroom in the podcast. I've okay. I've had to do it. I've never <laughs> left during the podcast though. I'm sorry. It's true. I've it's been brutal sometimes. Like yeah, I'm I know. Just figuring it out. But you kind of just hold it in. You just got to figure it out. You just gotta. How hard do you think you're going to go in on Hogwarts when it comes out? Like, do you th- like? Honestly, I'm like a. If I was to be honest, I'm like warm, not quite lukewarm, not hot, but warm on the Hogwarts. I'm interested because it looks very good, um, but realistically, like, dude, you know, if I was to be honest, like, I think about like my day, yeah. and how much time of that I have to video games, and when it is video games, it's like drinking wine at the end of the day mm. it's like i just want to decompress and i feel like a lot of the times i crawl back into games that i've already played comfort zones yeah. exactly which is not the best i downloaded dead space and i like i want to play that but like in order to and i think this goes along with like the, the candle light and the silk jamas thing like i need the right scenario to get into games otherwise it's not i'm not giving it my full attention i totally get that but the thing is i also don't blame you for like going into like comfort zone games because like i feel like i go through waves with that where i'll find myself falling back into stuff that i i really enjoy or just like overindulging on like you know sometimes i don't even want to play games i'm just like all i want to do is just like sit on my computer and refresh ebay listings and watch youtube videos you (laughs) know what i mean and it's like i i'm not like because I, I just don't have the the capacity to be like, okay, I'm going to start a new game and, yeah, really, I mean, and really commit to it and have a an commitment about it and all this kind of stuff. But I, I, it's funny you mentioned this and, and even asked me the question of how hard I'm going to get into Hogwarts because I think about it and like there is a pull, like a, a, like a, like a slight little bit of a heart-wrenching twinge in my chest knowing that I want to play the game. But knowing that I don't like have a place to play the game in yeah. like the right setting, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm. in all the games that I've played, I have to like force myself to do a thing. But it's either in like high traffic areas in my household, or it's like in the office that I work in, and it's like cramped and not like Thank you comfortable. Um, so Alex, uh, Justin just asked me how hard am I going to go into Hogwarts, and I said that I'm 
um, not lukewarm and not hot. I'm like just perfectly warm on it. And the idea, and now that we're exploring it a little bit more, it's, it's like whenever there's time to play games during the day, I was telling him this, I like kind of crawl back into games that I'm familiar with because there's less of a commitment because I already know this game. I know how to play it game. Like it's, it's fun. Elden Ring Stardew, right? You're not, you're not missing any of the important parts. Yeah, exactly. And I could just decompress. It's like, and I, uh, equa- uh, equated it to like having a glass of wine at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I just want to like decompress. But um, it's funny because like now that you bring it up, I did think about this the other day as my side of the house is like getting finished and, and now I'm looking at furniture and stuff. It's like, it really comes down to having the space in the, in the like a seclude, secluded, un, like uninterrupted focus on something that I know I want to go into. Yeah. And when I, when I know that we're playing games like in high traffic areas or I'm like cramped in the guest room just trying to like bang out some hours into a game, it doesn't feel like what I want to be feeling when right. playing video games. It feels like a chore. <laughs> you don't have your comfortable couch or your nice chair or whatever yeah. by yourself. Right. Get your candle going. You know, it's said that before i was like it totally goes back to the candle silk jamas silk jamas kind of situation yeah it's it's funny i'm i'm taking a bit of a different approach with hogwarts legacy and this is me kind of like being how are you feeling about it this is this is me being as honest with myself as i possibly could be i am excited for the game but that excitement is only coming from a this is going to be culturally relevant in the sense that like it is going to be the topic of conversation for much of the industry when it comes out. Yeah. Um, and that's really it. Like I, as much as like, you know, I, it's not a news to us, but it's like, I'm not really a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, you know what me I mean? Either. Like I've, I've enjoyed the movies, but like, I really couldn't tell you anything about the, the universe. I don't really have this like deep love for the characters or, like the environments and stuff, I think that it's very it's very cool and it's very interesting, and I really like you know th- there's not a world that looks like that that's as well developed as you know um, Hogwarts as Hogwarts, right? So all of those things are very appealing to me, and I feel like it has the ch- it it shows the potential of really delivering on those things that make it special in that way, but like. It's. I don't even. I. I feel like it would be rude to call it like an obligation play, but that's kind of what it feels like. It's like I'm. I know I'm not playing this game because I'm personally really interested in playing it. Yeah. I feel like I'm playing this game because I know it's likely going to be good, and it's what everyone's going to be talking about. So I kind of. I want to. I want to have. I want to be able to speak from a position of experience. So you are know? you are you interested in it just from? And it sounds like you're even maybe a little less so than this point, but even just from a like, this is a new IP, you know, as if mm. as if just like a, a brand new game came out that yeah. wasn't, you know, just a wizard game. Yeah, I, I think that is what it is. And the trailers and stuff have spoken to me from a like, yeah, I wonder what it's like to go to school and then do stuff outside and whatever. And <laughs> what's that like? <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's like, like like bully, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I I'm just curious to see. Yeah, so I guess it's it's that new IP allure that is really interesting to me. But I f- I sort of feel like a poser because I know I don't really have a lot of love for the Harry Potter world. I, I just, 100 feel the same. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I, and I think that, I mean and that's totally fair. Yeah. Like it's. 
I think that the thing that most excites me, not maybe not most excites me, but the thing I really appreciate about this game is it's it looks like it's not just for fans. Mm. Like there's a lot of fan stuff in there. It's going to be a good game. But that <laughs> right, but that fan stuff doesn't make a good game. Right. Yeah. Um and that is almost more annoying when there's just like all fan stuff and no substance. Like yeah. this seems like a good game that's in the Harry Potter universe. So that's to me as a fan of Harry Potter, yeah. that's exciting on two fronts. But I think and that's what's yeah. getting me over the start line, let's say. Yeah. Because I have never, and I'm speaking like totally honestly, I have never played another Harry Potter game. Me neither. Chamber of Secrets, nope. Sorcerer, whatever, no. as none of them. Like yeah. PS2, GBA, like I didn't play any of that shit. Yeah. And it wasn't, and I watched all those movies, you know what I mean? Like I, w- I was in real time seeing this stuff, but it never captured me enough where I was like, I want to play as Harry Potter, right? Yeah. And that's why this game is a little bit more appealing because it's like, okay, well, now I don't have to play as Harry Potter. I can just appreciate what's happening around here for what it is. It's 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 the same feeling that going to Harry Potter World has. It's like going to Harry Potter World feels cool because you're in this cool place. Yep. I don't know the names on the buildings. They don't mean anything to me, but it's like, it's just a very cool feeling being in a world as well realized as this. That is, and a that's group, what I'm looking for. Yeah. That is a great comparison. Cause as not a Harry Potter fan as myself and only reading two books and watching three movies, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I will say that going to Harry Potter World with Liz on her Bachelorette when we were there was very nice because it was like, oh, look at all this cool stuff to see. Yeah. But then you guys were pulling out like the stores and the names of the stores and like these other things and like this alleyway and like doing this stuff. And I, it didn't really ring any bells for me, but it was nice like, to look at. But yeah. I definitely felt the imposter syndrome. But, well, there's but yeah, but there's there's a level there that's like there's a level there for us. But there's also just it's just a good experience. Yeah. Um, so that, I, that's what I'm looking for in Hogwarts. Yeah. And I and it appears to be in a position to deliver that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what makes like, and that's been sort of my relationship with the Star Wars, uh, like any Star Wars stuff lately. That's a good point. It's honestly, it's the stuff that expands the universe, and, and like Star Wars at its core, to me these days, just an, a really good universe. Like Jedi's are cool. Yes. Like the characters. Like Boba Fett, Luke Skywalker, sure, great, right? Yeah. But that's been beaten to death. Like when when they really make these nice stories and they put you in a place you haven't been before, or you see this other race or section of people that like interact with the greater. Like that's really interesting when you build it out. Mm-hmm. There's there are fun places to live in that universe that you're not just like looking at Luke and Leia. Like that's just yeah, that's boring. And I, I think that's what Harry Potter does really well, that it's, it is this broader universe. Sorry, I tipped my mic. Broader universe and like a well-realized world. Yeah. And even this game goes back in time. So you're not even stuck with like, you're not going to run into Ron Weasley and then you're not going to, it's like, okay, fine. Well, what d- does that mean? Yeah, I guess it, the imposter syndrome part does come from like, I'm pretty positive that in those trailers, there are like teachers or something that are people that people know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But there like. will be something. There will definitely be things like that. Throwbacks. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no way there's not going to be. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see Dumbledore. D- Dumbledore? <laughs> I mean, you, you, got, you got it. Yeah. Dumbledore. Snips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Snape. Uh, yeah, Professor yeah. Snips will be there. <laughs> <laughs> One of our avid listeners. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you mentioned... Um, yeah. I guess the the thing that I thought or the reason why that came to mind and why I wanted to ask you, Justin, is because like um, 
when so earlier today i posted a list of all of the releases that were coming out in february and when i look at those i was like okay what floats to the top here like what what are people going to care about the most and i think out of all of the releases which there are a lot i'll i'll share the list real quick just cuz i know that it's right here when i click this button i think it's the early ones that are the bigger yeah hogwarts legacy theater rhythm final bar line wild hearts atomic heart like a dragon Ishin, psvr2 octopath traveler 2 kirby's return to dreamland and destiny 2 lightfall a lot of major games but when i look at that i'm like what what floats to the top and i think hogwarts legacy is the most it's like the triple a's of the triple a's there it's, it's like if you're placing your bets on which one of these games is going to sell the best it's going to be hogwarts yeah like and it's not even going to be close <laughs> sell yeah. the best yeah i yeah but i know you're most you're definitely most excited about atomic hearts right yeah like from a sure. just a gaming perspective it's funny because i feel like this this feeds a lot of those things atomic heart i think is is the most like lean forward capital g gamer game that <laughs> is going to come out this month that i'm like really stoked and, about and i'm sorry is it atomic heart or heart it is hard. That's the Bioshock guy, right? Yeah, sort of. David, yeah. but why? No, not not the guy, but it looks like Bioshock. But it's Wild Hearts, right? I'm just trying to get them straight. Wild Hearts, plural. Yeah. Atomic Heart, singular. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Atomic cool. Heart. Atomic Heart is my capital G gamer game. Yeah. Very excited about that. But then it's like I look at stuff like PSVR two, and I'm just excited to fuck around with that. I think I mean, that's it's a new toy. Yeah. That's yeah. gonna. There's gonna be a lot of headlines. About it will that. be fun. It. But then stuff like Kirby and like theater rhythm, it's like the, that. Those are my like theater sit down be, glass of wine kind yeah, of nights. You yeah. know what I mean? That's theater like, rhythm will be fun. I think I like, actually gonna, am interested in that. I'm just gonna sit here and eat, you know, candy covered popcorn all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. PSVR two. That I ended up not playing it that much. PSVR. PSVR. PSVR yeah. But yeah. it was like it was such a cool piece of technology and it had that new smell to it, especially because yeah. it had that rubber thing. It just, it had this really high tech feel to it. Yeah. It was just a joy to mess around with. So I think you're just going to have fun with like, yeah. like Chad said, it's, it's a, it's a fun tech toy. I the, wasn't, P- the PSVR uh, pushed on my temples. So it was hard for me to actually like enjoy that. You had the second version. Yeah. That it, you're absolutely right that it was tighter. Yeah. It didn't feel as good, but, but I, the quest, I will say the quest feels perfect the quest was comfortable and i heard like at ces they had all these new ar vr devices Mm -hmm. and they're so light now and they almost look like glasses like we're almost at that futuristic point well that's that's they keep going i I feel like i've the most recent vr thing that i've tried was the quest right and i know that the technology has gotten significantly better than that and the stuff that they're advertising with psvr2 seems really interesting yeah um and I've never really been like one to jump on VR at all. Honestly, in general, like it doesn't really interest me. Like I, I do, I, I am not the one that's going to be like, this is the future of games or what have you. It, it feels very novel to me still, or novelty to me still. Yeah. Um, but I do remember when you were kind enough to set me up with the PSVR. There were some really quality experiences that I had on that. I mean, like. Astrobot Rescue Mission was so much fun. That was a good like, game. That was a really that. good game. Yeah. And I know that you've said uh, great things about Moss and Moss all this. Is great, yeah. So when I think about like I think what it is is when I think about first party titles, it's like the stuff that makes PlayStation great are the PlayStation games. So then when I look at um like PSVR, it was like Astrobot Rescue Mission felt different and more quality than any other VR game that I played up to that point. So I was like, that's something that I'm after. So I think with PSVR 2, I'm I'm hopeful 
that there will be experiences that will live up to that level of quality. Is Horizon Call of the Mountain going to be that one? I don't know. But maybe it, maybe it will be. Frankly, I don't like Horizon in general enough to really let the IP draw me into it. But I'm just like, whatever. If it's a cool game, like I'm, I'm down to try it, you know? I think the best virtual reality games in general are are the ones that it, they, they're made with intent. Yeah. You know, it's not like, let's just make this cool game and then we'll just, you know, we'll figure out a way to make it VR. Astrobot from the ground up was a VR game. Like they thought about it. It was very intentional with how they set up everything. Yeah. And it made that experience very well-rounded and not sort of ham-fisted. Like, let's just make a first-person game and yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure the VR will work. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like stupid when i'm wearing a, a vr headset i don't know if anybody feels cool but it's like i i don't like that and the psvr in general had like bad screen door effect and like weird blind spots yeah. and it's just it's not a comfortable thing to wear so there's all these and it's like a bitch to set up and the cables and whatever but there's all these layers of inconvenience and that game was still fun enough that i picked it up every day and I played it and I platinumed it and I had this great experience and I would still recommend that game to this day, even on that stupid old hardware. So that's why there's part of me that's like, man, imagine, if, imagine if some of those limitations were removed, right? Like imagine if there was no screen door effect and it looked great and it was a lot lighter and it was way more comfortable, you know what I mean? And it wasn't as a, much of a nightmare to put together. It's like you start removing some of those inconveniences and I'm like, okay, you know, that would be <sighs> worth it to me. And at least for the time being, PSVR looks like it will remove enough inconveniences to make the experiences that it provides worth doing. Hopefully, who knows? I hope, I really do hope that VR continues to have a backing behind it that I don't have to pay for <laughs> because I definitely think that once the technology is at a point where it's like not so expensive and it's comfortable to wear and there's software for it, then the market will explode. Yeah. But until then you have a lot of early adopters essentially getting like kind of banged around a little bit until things even out. Yeah. And it's difficult. I mean, they have to do right by those early adopters because it's difficult to get new people in until, and they need the money in order to continue developing. So it's like, it's it sounds like a a pretty steep hurdle to climb, I guess, or a steep mountain to climb. But the mar I, the yeah. market's weird because based on the new ones that are coming out, mm -hmm. and there's like some I know Jeff has I forget what it's called, but he's got this really he's got the arrow, and there's some other really amazing ones that are coming out. It seems like the trend is not to get cheaper; it's to get more uh, premium. Yeah, the new yeah. quest is like fifteen hundred dollars, so, and that's like. And I think that's still kind of high, but most of them these days are in the twelve hundred and up yeah, range. Crazy. In the PSVR is it's not, but I mean when you when you factor in the PlayStation so costs, yeah. there's really just got to be good software, right? But there's a reason it's that like people are still buying it. Yeah, it's well, like there's yeah. still a market. And I hope it's they just keep buying it, <laughs> but it's just it, it is interesting that it's going in that direction, not backwards. Yeah, I think and and I think that the progression angle to it is what is drawing me into PSVR 2 because I'm like, okay, PlayStation is confident enough or reckless enough with their money to try it again, right? I so agree. it's like there's no way that this is not going to be a quantum leap, you know, like a like an order of magnitude better than what PSVR 1 was. You know, well, I feel like the, it has to be. From the Sony's perspective, you have to think they are uh, 
yeah, by and large, the only console with a v- with a VR headset. Yeah. And the only other things are a bunch of other VR headsets that use the computer and or is a, like its own separate solo thing, like the Quest, right? Mm-hmm. And so I assume like their thought is like, well, if VR as a whole is still kind of getting to the to a level where things are getting more expensive, and I can only imagine it's because the technology is getting more advanced, but they don't think that they're they're going to be producing a large quantity yet, right? But the but the, people are buying it so like if people buy it at the $1200 mark maybe there's hope for a cheaper model later on that's as good and it's clear that PSVR 1 was a I mean to some extent a success yeah it was so they wouldn't be making this if it wasn't and that implies support yeah Uh, how much is the PSVR again two Uh, six five Five or six yeah okay yeah I mean that's still not that's not but there's another PlayStation 5 but it's not bad in terms of vr headsets if you're in the market for if, it, one, I if guess. it is the like i have to imagine i don't know but if it is like best in class or close to best in class for vr that's a far cry from you know the thousand dollar headsets yeah. that you have to get on pc or whatever right. and still be tethered to a pc and all this sort of right. stuff well you do need the playstation it's like if you were starting from zero well, you you like, yeah. like so that that's meta quest or whatever yeah or quest pro and that's fifteen hundred dollars right so if you're gonna get a let's say similar experience to that but you have to be tethered to a ps5 or you have to own a ps5 already it's like well, um, PS5 I does other things. I don't look at this as a prerequisite to the PSVR yeah. because I'm going to have this no matter what. Oh, yeah, t- totally. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, so the investment to that is like, okay, so it's just that extra, it's just 500 bucks to open that world and it likely will be close to best in class. And it's like, okay, well, then maybe that <laughs> no, is worth it. I, I, I love that. Imagine somebody buying a PSVR, uh, PS5 for the VR. Like, that'd be insane. that's a weird I'm thing. sure it's done. Mm. At least one. At it's least not one. Not zero. At least one. <laughs> yeah, right. At least one. Weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would love to have Weird. one, too. So, we'll see. I'll be the guinea pig. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to come over, over and try it. <laughs> I think I'm most interested in that Firewall Ultra game. Because that, that's the one where, in the um, at least in the adverts, they had the, uh, like, you select your weapons by, like, looking at them. It's, like, all eye track oh, stuff. Wow. Which is, I don't need... See, that's what I want what more. Is, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what the I mean? I, like, I don't know what that is. Eye tracking is going to be the next... That's in like all of them with the vomit. That's what I mean. So (laughs) I'm just excited. Like, how are they going to implement this technology? So a, it's more immersive. It was immersive before, but like, I want more. I want more of the good stuff. And then the motion sickness to to varying degrees. Like, I was resistant to a little bit of it, but over time, it hits you. And the eye eye tracking will help with that a lot. And I'm just interested to see what what are the solutions they're going to come up with. Yeah, because I'd love to be in that for long periods of time. But even in games that weren't known for it, like after a while, it like it built up, and then I just couldn't yeah. play anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting thing. But I mean, so that's very exciting this month as well. I don't know, but Hogwarts, yeah. Hogwarts, I still think is gonna be the the like leader in public discourse. I agree. It's a milestone. Yeah, for sure. But it's funny because I am a little bit more excited about Wild Hearts now that you mention it. It's like. I, I'm definitely going to download Hogwarts day one. I wonder if I'm going to play it day one, and depending on, I suppose, my day. But, like, the fire underneath my butt for the game is kind of, it, it's not hot, you know? I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, but that's just, yeah. I'm not saying I'm, that's I'm, anything about Hogwarts. I think I also like to beat games. And, yeah. like, when I look at Hogwarts Legacy, I'm like, that's going to be a fucking long game. Yeah. And then I look at something like Wild Hearts, and I'm like, that's a multiplayer game. So that game doesn't end. Yeah. And then I look at Atomic Heart, and I'm like, 
I can beat that game. Yeah, right. Like that's that's an experience that I can have from beginning to end and close the close like start and close that book, and it's gonna feel right. good when I'm done. Hogwarts you is know? a game that you're uh, not tr- you're wandering, you're like exploring rather than just like filling up objectives. I so I assume I, you know th- that's what it is. It's like and like I I hate that I am this way, and this is totally just like a, a in ism of myself, but it's like I know I. I hope I'm wrong because I haven't played it yet. But I, I have a strong feeling that when I look at a game like Hogwarts Legacy, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to be bored playing this game at some point. You know, like I'm going to. There's going to be so much content in this game that there's going to be a point where I'm playing it just to get through whatever I'm doing, and I'm going to be bored. Well, like maybe. Let's. I, kind of, I I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But well, that's I, a pacing. Thing, I you know? I attribute that to any open world yeah, game. I, It's exactly what happened to Horizon. And Horizon's a beautiful, kinetic, whatever game. But I was absolutely going through the motions in under five hours of playing that game. And I was like, nope. Like, not into it. Yeah. I mean, mentioned this before, but I can only... I love open world games, but I can only put myself through that a couple times a year at this point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying myself the most when I'm in in a game where nothing's pressuring me to do a specific thing. I think that's why I love Breath of the Wild so much. Every week, that you, I, every week you drop it that. It was literally in the pouch of my pocket. I do find that interesting, I didn't though. Move. You, I I'm, I'm going to I'm going to... Criticize me. Go ahead. I'm not going to criticize Hit you. Me. I'm, going to, I'm going to call your logic into question because, like, I mean, we know that Justin Chow notoriously does not beat games. And you beat Callisto Protocol. Yeah, and that is a highly linear game. That I would is tell, like yeah. a, you are going from here to there, and that and it's the pretty short over. though. It is pretty short, but like you beat that game. That's like, right. You have you have a full knowledge of what that game is. My driving motiva- uh, my driving, my driver, my motivating factor there was that I was actually interested in the weapons. Yeah, and I wanted to see how the dodging mechanics would change, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't really that scared most of the time, so I was like, I'm just going to jump in. I know you tend to finish games, too, when you um, you play with Katie and Arthur. Like, were they no, with you on that? they weren't. So was this, was a, this was a total chow yeah. this was like, driving force. This was like, yeah, I'll play some Callisto right now. Like, do you kind think of feeling. that was, like, satisfying? Callisto Protocol? Like, getting through that game, yeah. Um, It was satisfying to a degree. There was definitely points where I was just like, okay, I see the, <laughs> I see the code, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what to do. And like, okay, so this this situation happened this way. So like, let me try this. Oh, it worked. And like, there wasn't much of like a, a problem solving solution type of orientation. I was really just waiting to see if the story got better and if the fighting mechanics and the guns were any better. And then at a certain point when I got a ton of ammo, I was like, okay, now the game's kind of opening up where I can like start shooting stuff and enjoy this. Um, but I mean, honestly, I also knew that it wasn't that much of a commitment. Like this is going to end soon, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, let me just polish it off versus yeah. like red dead where I played that crap for like 60 plus hours. And I was at the end of the game and I liked wandering around the most, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. aimlessly wandering around and finding random side quests or breath of the wild. Same thing. Walking around, just literally walking through the world. <laughs> Spider-Man? This is my problem. So the Spider-Man was like, I wanted to finish off all these tasks, and then I just got bored with the task, and I put the game <laughs> yeah. down, and I never finished it. Yeah. It was like, I was at the end. I don't know it's, why. It's funny. That, that new Spider-Man game is probably coming out this year. Yeah. yeah. It's probably going to be like the, the holiday game or something. Do you think Wolverine will come out too? Definitely not. Absolutely not. I know. That, that's, that's easily two more years away. Yeah. We haven't even seen a trailer for it. Frankly, we haven't actually they seen want a us gameplay. To forget. We haven't seen a gameplay trailer for Spider-Man either, and that's, that's coming out this year. 
I could. I think the earliest we see Wolverine is like next next Christmas. Mm. Like, mm. yeah. At this point, they want us to forget about it. You know, totally. Which is annoying to me. But yeah. don't even tell me. I don't want. <laughs> don't tell me. I kind of like when there's like the long, like it's coming out. Like it'll. It's coming out. Like I guess I need some of those like i need those long-term hopes and prayers yeah because you need to know what you're going to be doing in 2027 but i don't yeah i know but (laughs) but i don't want it to be that long i don't want a cyberpunk again or uh you know any of these other games that you know remake or uh guardians i guess i'd rather have like one of those like one or two of those i don't know you need your legendaries yeah yeah, right final fantasy 16 is kind of one of those yeah well final fantasy 16 that's coming out this year that's five months away yeah Yep. <laughs> I love Keep it in your pants. Oh, I'm so excited for God, that. Wolverine's gonna be so cool too. Technically, isn't Breath of the Wild supposed to come out this year too? Yeah, actually or I saw I saw a post on Twitter today that it is under one hundred days away. Wow. And I, I mean, wow. speaking of release dates, some if we're gonna talk about news, Jedi Fallen Survivor. That's not uh, the name of the game. Second, yeah. Um uh, Jedi Survivor. Right? So it has I, been delayed. So I hate this actually because I saw it again. At, like I was, I was making uh, new uh, pages on Critrate, and I came up to that page. The actual title of that game is Jedi. Oh, I'm sorry, Star Wars Jedi: Colon Survivor. Really? Yes. The series is called Star Wars Star Jedi. Wars Jedi. That's colon weird. Fallen Order. Oh. Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. So it's not. That was un. Is okay. that ridiculous? So that is, I hate that. So it was yeah. not Star Wars. It's not Fallen Star Order. Wars hyphen Fallen Order. Uh, Jedi Survivor. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's it's Star Wars Jedi. It's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. colon Survivor. It's like Demons know? Souls. It's yeah. like that yeah. weird. But do they also know that they can never use Star Wars Jedi again? <laughs> like for well, another... they used to use it. Like Jedi Academy was that colon too? No, I think that was Star Wars colon <laughs> line break. Yeah, right. Jedi Academy. So, yeah. but isn't there a line no, no, break? No, it was Star Wars Jedi Outcast Jedi Academy. Boo! Oh. But so the on Fallen Order, the cover doesn't have Star Wars and then a line break. I think it. No, it says Star Wars Jedi. Yeah, really. It, it says does? Star Wars and then Jedi in big letters and then Fallen Order underneath that. Wow. And the written text is Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Isn't that ridiculous? That's weird. This is like the. And also, I wanted I wanted to clarify this because like the naming conventions, I, I felt like I was, I felt like I was mistargeted a few weeks ago when we found out that it was House of the Dragon. Yes. So Liz said, "Yeah, it's House of the Dragon," and I was like, "No way!" I, like everyone calls it House of Dragons, and she's like, "I know," and it's weird because it's actually House House of the Dragon. Hot and D. I pulled out my phone, and she's like, "Are you seriously fact checking me right now?" And I was not fact checking her. <laughs> I was not. I believed her, but I took out my phone because I had to see it. I just had to see it. It wasn't like I don't believe Liz and I, I need to check for myself. It's just like I just needed to see that collection of words for it to imprint itself on my head. It's sort of like, I mean, it's one. It's almost I like I believe a, you. Thank it, you. It's almost like <laughs> that's why I, I needed that. It's almost like a Mandela effect. Man, yeah. Where it's like someone tells you it's Baron Steen, not Baron Stein. You're like, that. I got to look this up. Yeah. Wait, so Sinbad didn't make a movie? Right. Oh, <laughs> God. And, and then you're Shazam. Like, Shazam box cover. And you're like, holy shit, that's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> like, what I hell? still don't understand how that's not... Because I remember seeing... All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we but but we're... But, but th- that was that was the context there. But yeah. Yes, but, Jedi colon survivor is a terrible name. But 
colloquially, that's not how it's known. Yeah. Which is, it's, it, that's why it's so strange that it's not. Yeah. yeah. But that game got pushed back. It was supposed to come out uh, March. May? Yeah, now it's, March? now it's, I think it was going to be early March. Now it's late April. So like a month and a half. I'm kind of fine with that. I mean, March is basically entirely dead to me as it is. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with that too. It's not like a huge push. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm anti-delays in general, but this is their first one, I think, so There's whatever. actually a couple of things happening in March that... PAX? So, well, PAX is, <laughs> is number one for sure. Uh, Resident Evil 4, is go- it's going to kill me that that comes out the day we go to PAX. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, got priority. It's going to be hyperventilating <laughs> on the corner. But something else happens the day we come back. Really? Like something important. And I can't remember what it is. Mm. Oh, that does sound familiar, actually. Could it be like the Mario movie comes out? Um, I think it's called Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think you might be right, actually, because Mario, I know it's not on the Mar- uh, March 10th. Um, it's going to be on like the end of March. Yeah. And also, funny enough, like. My cousin was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna take." Uh, she lives in LA, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take the guy, uh, the the boys to uh, to Disneyland, um, and I think we're gonna go to Nintendo World." And I'm like, "Oh, that's amazing!" And she was like, "Oh, we're gonna go on March 10th." And I was like, "Dude, you know that's like Mario Day?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" It's like March M A R 10 I O, and he's yeah. like, "She was like, wait, what does that mean?" And I'm like, "It's gonna be packed. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna like, prepare yourself. Yeah, you should not go. That's probably the worst day to go yeah, here, right?" Unless it's the best day to go. It's realistically I mean, probably the best day to go. But like, who knows? I'm sure they'll have special stuff going on, but you're right. It's going to be it's gonna be crazy. I mean, if there are pins that say March 10th, first, like, those will sell for a lot. I very much look forward to going there with James when yeah. the time comes. Yeah. I think it's going to be once the Orlando one opens. and I think the Orlando one is probably going to be amazing because it's, I mean, it's Disney World, the Orlando right? Orlando stuff is always better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, did you figure it out? What is? I think, I can't remember. When's Mario the movie coming out? I think it's April 9th. Oh, lame. But there is something April happening 9th. on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh. I can't. All right. Yeah, we'll figure remember. it out yeah. next time. It is escaping me. It's definitely a movie or something. Oh. Is there this another is... video game movie of any type of substance that? Oh, no. So. Well, this is bad radio. So sorry about that. Yeah. Well, there's only one other big like thing to talk about, which was which was that it was announced that. Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo will not be attending oh. E3 in any capacity, That's like correct. conferences or on the floor, just not there. That was just uh, for E3. For like E3. There, there's no capacity that they'll be there. Big shame, because I mean, there was I think there was a lot of hope that this E3 was going to be the resurrection, because obviously this is like pe- the past COVID E3, like the first non-online one or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was also after ownership moved to Read Pop, so mm-hmm. that was a big deal. Um, it's so yeah, biz- it's uh, it's so bizarre to me. Like, I used to have sort of an inside track at ESRB, but it's run by ESA, which is a the family company, but a different company. So, like, those three companies, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they're on the board at ESA. It's like, what's the conversation there? You know, like, hey, we're going to run E3 this year, and they all are like, oh, we're not going, even though we have a stake in this. Yeah. I, it's I mean, just like, stake w- is, it's just so weird. Stake is, like, I wonder if it's influence or versus, like, are they paying for that, uh, for being part of ESA? Like, I mean, they pay, yeah, they pay to be, they're on, they pay to be a board member. Like, they 
I and if they pay financially support ESA. I'm assuming maybe that's just for favor of ESRB, maybe, or like some type of communications with ESRB. But like, I don't well, know. Well, ESRB doesn't factor into that. Yeah. Well, they're they're paid by the ESA, right? Like ESA owns them. They yeah, they own them, but they're like okay. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony aren't aren't. Yeah. ESRB isn't a factor in paying into esa well i don't know how the dealings go but i will say that like it is interesting for them i mean there's got to be some type of like cost benefit analysis where they're like well the stuff that we're doing right now is cost effective and more effective like more the efficacy of i assume otherwise like why else would they go why else wouldn't they go to e3 right yeah oh yeah it's just it's just it's just a little strange that it's not and you know what's what's even worse now i think about it it's like the death of live events also means the death of like media outlets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody gets the information directly from the studios, more or less, right? Like new games, and I mean, other than like maybe reviews and stuff. But like E3 was generally like for press people to meet up with the developers of and like talk about these new games that are coming out. But how much news came out of like reporters, and how much just came from like the conferences anyway? Like, well, was there really that much on the floor stuff in the past? I mean, I know I was checking like Kotaku and IGN early days when uh, E3 would like hit. I'd be like following that pretty closely. Now I don't do that at all. Yeah, the thing is, is like I I think they're the opportunities for like breaking news are just way, way less nowadays. Yeah. And you usually see it, you know, sequestered to some random dude on Twitter. Right. (laughs) Or like the Jason Schreiers of the world. Yeah. You know, and then. All the media outlets are at this point are just sort of like regurgitating each other's stories, which is pretty whack. Um, but as far as E3's uh, representation of news, I think there was quite a lot. You know, I remember back in the day watching, you know, G4 and all this kind of stuff. And they would show a lot of video footage on the floor and they would do interviews with the developers there. So it was almost like the conferences gave you the big headlines and then if you wanted to dig into stuff deeper then it would be like the interviews with the devs in front of the game on the show floor and they would kind of give you a little bit more to uh to chew on i can remember that from back in the day but but like since you know 2012 i don't i don't know what i don't know if you're getting that same experience anymore it's really been about the conferences for a long time yeah certainly Um, certainly but a big part for for people to be there I mean, and this is why it opened to the public was to get people to demo your stuff. Yeah. I mean, in reality, uh, commerce just works differently, but those events were specifically for retailers to go yeah. and figure out what games they're stocking and how much they're going to be. I know, and, how much they're going to put in their physical and, store. And to gauge reception and stuff, and that's just not the way the world works anymore. So it's, you know, I think from a investment standpoint, yeah. you know, they've... Nintendo's probably going to think like, okay, so we're going to go out here and drop 30 G's on, you know, this event or whatever, probably way more, yeah, 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 probably that, six figures. Know. Yeah. So not to mention the, the fee that they have to pay to ESA. That's right. So it's like, is that worth it for what? Like, what are they actually getting? From yeah. That, right? Where's the benefit? The I, I still think there's value in like of a short day period where you have everyone's attention like the e3 name still carries a lot of weight and i think there's a lot of excitement about it certainly and it's sad to see that go and you do get eyeballs being associated with e3 um but now it's just you know if if it if it really does go away like e3 is still going to happen like we're not saying it's not going to be here but it's just it's going to carry a little bit less weight it gauges your expectations a little bit and it's (sighs) funny because i feel like that 
that uh, what's the word? That torch. torch has been carried by packs for a really long time now. You know, as far because as they're like, consistent. Well, yeah, and, and there isn't that level of expectation, right? Right. Like the the killer with E three is like the reason why there's a headline. Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft won't be there mm. is because that's why people are interested in, in that event. Mm. Whereas, like with PAX, it's like people are just going because it's PAX. Yeah. And if Nintendo's there, all the better. Yeah. But like they're not expecting, nobody's going to be disappointed by finding out Nintendo's not going to be at PAX. Like there's no headline that's going to say that. So it's really not, and so it's just happening to E3, really. I mean, like Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show, like have they seen dwindling numbers and dwindling like interests? I don't know. They're just I, set up I differently. No yeah. Because yeah. ESA, like it started as this retailer thing. Yeah, right, right. And they've been Provides. trying to pivot but haven't really been successful. So, mm. I mean, what they should have done, I think, a long time ago is pretty much what Summer Games Fest does. Maybe in a shortened time frame. So, like, we, I hope this is the case because Summer Games Fest was actually better last year than it had. Like, they're getting better every year. Yeah. But I'd like to see all of them have a co- Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo have just do your own thing say it's part of Summer Games Fest, and then that's it. Like, it's a, it's in this time period that we can all get excited about games. The, the shame is, and I, I think this is where, like, the emotional side of this comes in, is, like, it's almost like the death of the World Fair, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I the, mean, The yeah. World Fair was, like, this this giant event where people would come and they would show off their latest technology and get everyone excited. It was, it was for the people, you know, it was, it was to get people to be like, wow, like Ford is really breaking ground with their new tires or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was also like a bunch of countries trying to show off their new tech and like how they're going to bring in the new future. That's exactly right. And and in our space, you know, at the time E3 was that these were the the world, you know, I I think it's like America versus Japan versus other Japan. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, not to mention the platform battles. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a great comparison. And there's always that rivalry, but there's that excitement. And then it's this, it's this event in the gaming world. And sure, it hasn't been like perfect. Yeah. But it's so synonymous, yeah. and it's so it's there, it's gonna be sad some, to see it go. There was some pride that came with it. Yeah. You know, th- this honestly ties back into the uh, to the advertising thing, where it's like. By picking a direction and just going with it, I, I think it shows a lot more balls than, you know, taking the safe route. And from Nintendo, and I'm not saying to just, like, mess around with your money or whatever, but I feel like, you know, the Nintendos and Sonys of the world are like, well, we can get more eyes and do less, and we'll be fine, you know? And it's not materially going to affect our bottom line, but it's like, yeah, but you're not showing up, you know? I think there's so much, like... There's a big component of showing up that I think makes a difference. Like if imagine how much you could swing the story if it was like Xbox and Nintendo are not coming to E3, but Sony will be. People would be like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? People would be like so like geeked on that because it, it's like they're showing up. Yeah. And whether or not it financially made sense or not, that's such better press than like, oh, all, all the big kids left the park early. <laughs> you know, it's like. I'm surprised and not one of them just feels bad. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, and if I'm Sony and it's like, okay, let's drop a hundred grand on this. It's like, okay, well, we're probably going to lose a hundred grand on some of the shitty games that we greenlit earlier this year. So why not go and build a lot of fan loyalty and get a lot of people excited about the brand and just show up, you know? I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Maybe I also feel a little emotionally tied to this because we're showing up this year. Yeah. No, I mean, I, um, yeah. But I, I think I, I'm of the mind that I think it speaks volumes about what how that brand wants themselves to appear to, 
to the public, you know? Yeah. I mean, so here's a question. Um, is it possible in your guys' eyes, can E3, can, can they make E3 successful this year without those three? Is it possible? It's hard, man. I mean, what's the, what's the, uh, What's so you still have like what are the attractions? So you still got like Ubisoft and EA and the other publishers are going to be there and you're going to be it's doing that thing. because like EA, I remember in 2016, didn't even they showed up, but they showed up in their own venue like next to yeah. E3. You know EA what I mean? Play so it's or like, whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like that's where I met Snoop Dogg and Bernie Burns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was like that was the place. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we're already seeing like other brands they're like they go where the people are you know what i mean and the problem is that without these three the people don't show and if the people don't show then what's the point of putting money to go in so so here here's it i'm i'm going to not answer your question (laughs) and and just go down a weird line of thinking okay right so you know the big guys don't show up and it's going to be the Ubisofts and the Square Enixes and all, you know, smaller devolver, let's say double a and, and some triple a, but mostly like a type developers are going to show up because it's expensive to go to this thing. So you need to already have money, right? In the world that we live in now of mergers and acquisitions and buyouts and all this kind of stuff, does E3 then become the, the buffet for people like Tencent and Epic Games are do the people that show up there are they just showing up to make themselves look as attractive as possible so when the representative from Epic Games walks by they're hoping that they come with a fat check <laughs> hmm. and it's like we're coming here to present ourselves and show you what we've got coming out this year <laughs> Dog and, and why pony you show. should buy us yeah interesting. you know what I'm saying like maybe that's the form that this takes who knows is it even that official? Like, are there really going to be decision makers walking around and this is their first exposure to this game? I have no idea. Yeah. But maybe. I mean, I know. Who knows? At certain know? points, it's like, well, I mean, E3 also functioned at a, as a meeting ground, an in-person meeting ground for a lot of like companies to be meeting each other. And it's like, well, everybody's here at the same time. So swapping contacts and like meeting yeah. people face to face is big, true. you know? So like, I mean, think about us when we went to events. Like yeah. we have convention families, you know? Right. When we go to PAX, I guarantee we're going to see all of the people that we haven't seen in three years. And it's going to be an awesome homecoming, you know? It uh, has to be the same for these other companies. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, I totally forgot about that. So right. it, it might not crowd well. <laughs> so maybe to like the average con- average consumer, average gamer, it's gonna be maybe a tough sell to like make this as an exciting show. But there's probably other metrics that this is. It's still gonna work for the industry, but it, I yeah this the splash is just not gonna be as big. Also, I'll I'll just throw this out there, and this is just adding insult to injury, but it's like. Not for nothing, L.A. also sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I also don't like L.A. It sucks, and it's only gotten worse yeah. since the last time we've been there. True. You know? Yeah. At, like, I think of any other event that we go to, when we even when we go down to Texas, and not a lot's going on in Texas, but Texas is still cool, you know? Yeah, but Boston's like, still Seattle's weird. Seattle's dope, Boston's dope. Like, these are cool places. L.A. just like, mm, I, I can't imagine myself going there, like, for fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that because I feel like everybody's like, ooh, L.A. And it it's like, was. it was for a time probably in the early 2000 teens, you know what I mean, for me. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point where probably around 2017 where the uh, the the allure just shined off, yeah. you know, it just became muddy. It's still like right. a happening place, of course, but it's like too I much guess. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's just so much 
it's kind of just <laughs> much is happening. Yeah, there's a. I mean, it's there's a lot. Of it's just not a fun place to get around or be in. It's well, that's what, that's get what around. I mean. There's so like no public. So to foster those types of like you know positive feeling relationships with people it's like when we go to boston it's like we're going to bars we're going to yeah. restaurants we're hanging out we're you know it's it's a nice that place new england to be. vibe seattle even more so i feel like we always have the best time when we're in seattle yeah um i hope seattle's still there oh my gosh <laughs> we haven't been there in a while let's uh cross our fingers that pax east goes well enough where we might get invited to pax west that would be nuts that would be <laughs> seattle's would be got nuts. some problems too but yeah i know yeah Ah, I, I've got rose-tinted glasses when it comes to Seattle. I know. I was a spot for Seattle. We've had a lot of good we times We had some there. magical moments in Seattle, I yeah, think. Sure. Um, we did. So, I don't know. Long story short, though, I hear what you're saying. Um, I will bring it back to E3 now and just say, like, you're right. It does feel like, I mean, for, like, the past three years, we were like, it's the end of the era. It's the end of an era. And now we're like, it's the end. The era's <laughs> Yeah. Reed Pop's like, damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, Poor Reed Pop. Uh well, we're, we're, we're partnered with Reed Pop now, so we can't say... Uh, are know. we partnered or are we paying them? <laughs> we are paying yeah, them. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, look, they probably... I mean, it's probably a year, year too late, yeah. at least, to hire Reed Pop and get them going on this. It's mm. definitely... Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a shame. I wonder if somebody's going to have a change of heart. I don't imagine that they will, but... I have to imagine it was probably a pricing problem, right? Their A3 was like, yo, we really need you guys to... No, it's not. Maybe they're punishing the ESA. Maybe they're like, "Why would we like? Why would you? Why would we pay you to do this? Yeah, when we could do Gilly. this in any other. Like they could, they could just pay Reed Pop and go to PAX. Well, and and be in front of two hundred thousand people and still get the same price. That's what I mean. They're on the board, so like they're punishing themselves. It's just a weird like. How did they not figure out a way for them to like, hey, we'll go, but you got to lower this like type of situation? Yeah, yeah. make it free for us. And we'll it's be just there. yeah, it's very strange to me. Like they're they're just they're the decision makers in a lot of ways for E three. Yeah, and then they're just like not there. I don't know. It's weird. It is a very weird thing. I mean, I know that the companies are like paying ESA to be part of it, right? But do they have like a vested interest? Like, if ESA does well, they do well. E- ESA is the like. It's the boundary between them and the government. Like the oh, ESA the, goes the, to the bat lobbyists. For, for, they're the lobbyists. They go to yeah. bat for them um, on bills and like. And then the ESRB is like another leg of that. But it's yeah. the ESA that are really, you know, yeah. they're important. They're showing up. They're showing up. It's important that they survive, and it's important that all of these publishers. This isn't like a. It's not a bad thing that these publishers are involved in the running of this. Like it's the industry's representation, so it's an important piece of it. Do you yeah. think it was the loot boxes that? <laughs> do you think the loot box is a like case and how they handled that like saying that loot boxes weren't good and cutting off revenue to the no. companies and i don't know mm. like what could they have done that have, I, I don't know like, that wasn't even yeah yeah i mean did they say anything in the report of like why these companies weren't showing up i, I don't think so i did not read it mm, so. i don't think so yeah yeah well we shall see whatever form it takes it'll be interesting it, as it begins to take form. It's going to be E3 direct. It's just going to be a video. <laughs> People are going to buy spots on the video. It is funny because it's like we knew nothing about E3. And then it's like, read pop on it. It's like, yeah, nobody's coming. No. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, hope, I hope Summer Games has picked up the slack because I I just want to have a fun gaming event. That's like, yeah. that's what I want. I think that's what Summer Game Fest is. That's It seems like that's more for like direct publicity to media people it's funny man like there's definitely a sort of like insulated like 
tier of people operating within the games industry, which is like the media arm and like the developers that are close to the media arm. And the, and it seems like Jeff Keighley has been connected to these people in such a way that he's like, I'm just going to foster an environment that helps my friends. Yeah. You know, just which give is, it, which is perfectly fine. But I, I, yeah. I think it's going to be harder and harder to continue to do that as the relevance of games media starts and or rather continues to dwindle. It's basically going to be Jeff Keighley, like, f- bringing in a bunch of YouTubers and Twitch streamers. <laughs> like, just, yeah. just give every, just give the man everything. Like, yeah. have him figured out. He's He did the Game Awards in a good I kinda, way. I kind of don't want that, though. What do you want? I feel like I feel like we should have more avenues than less, you know? I would rather have E3 than have Jeff Keighley take over and do Summer Games Fest, but... If it's between Summer Games Fest doing an E3 like thing and then nothing, yeah, I'll take the Jeff yeah. Keighley route. Would we be I also okay? Look at Jeff Keighley is like a he's someone that actually cares. Like it's obvious that he cares. Yeah, I'm sure he also cares about making money, but I think he also cares about like fostering a cool and exciting environment for games. Yeah, you know, or at least if he sells that appearance very well. Yeah, and I and I will take that hmm. definitely yeah. over nothing because I just want to be excited about games, and totally. I'm so used to having like announcements in june and uh i don't know i hope it doesn't go away i can't wait till i tell my son back in my day (laughs) a sweaty man would get on stage (laughs) and explain to us how much money their company made before they showed us the trailers and they would stand there awkwardly and not know what to do with their hands yeah and your uncle alex met one of those people (laughs) on a phone call (laughs) i did i met two of them there you go there you go. Two of them. Uh, it's funny. Sony president and Reggie. Right? Bow- yeah. Oh wait, I'm at three of them. Oh, and Bowser. And- Sony, Bowser, and Reggie. So we Sony scan in. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, I know you're you were expecting Reggie, but here's my hand." Phil Check Spencer it. was so close to coming in, and he had to cancel last minute. Yeah, that'd been cool. True. Yeah. He would have had the trifecta. I know. I was so Holy ready. Trinity. Yeah, that kind of sucked. But still cool. Anyway, it is funny. My. My son now refers to any adult man that's not me or his grandfather as uncle. Aww. <laughs> I think you're going to say Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. No Reggies yet. All right, guys. I think we've gone for way longer. I was expecting us to not go I know. Long Dude, at all. This was a really good one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. It's good. Well, we will be back next week on Wednesday, as always. Uh, but until then, thank you, Justin, and thank you, Alex. Thanks, guys. Justin. We'll... Probably not see Liz next week either, but that's okay. No. She's got stuff to handle. We wish her well. Until then, bye. Goodbye.